Alright, Blaze. Blaze White. How are we, pretty? I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. Just just chilling in in my shed. Chilling in your shed. We're in Blazer's man shed in Geelong. We did um, did a gig together at the brewery at uh, with your comedy company. Anything goes. I had a great time last night. Smash it. Smashed it out of the park, whatever. Oh, loved it. I thought it was a great night. I thought it was a really good night. I know that your other nights are bigger than last night, so you're a bit like, but I thought it was a fab, I thought it was a really good night. And I've stayed the night at your house, rolled out of bed, grabbed a coffee, had a pipe, and here we are doing a podcast. Beautiful, how it should be. (laughs) I'm still in my pyjamas. It's the first podcast I've done in my pyjamas. I'm loving it already. Really? You should do all your podcasts (laughs) in pyjamas. It should be a a thing. A thing. Now, I want to... I thought this is a great time to do a podcast with you because you've recently returned from Europe. And you were there twofold. You went and did a show in the Edinburgh Festival. And then after that, you went travelling around Europe with your gorgeous fiancé, Kelly. So would you like to start by telling us about going to Europe, going to Edinburgh, doing a show? How did you, you've done it already. How does one do that? The the fringe was was awesome. I didn't I didn't actually do a show this year. Oh, you didn't? No, no. I I just went to to watch shows this year. I uh, I did a full run in 2018. I did it was 28 shows over there. Uh, which was really exciting and really fun and I wanted to go back and experience it um, as as what the beautiful fringe it is uh, instead of being caught up in the chaos you know, mm. look at it on the on the other side of the fringe which was which was fun I saw some some amazing comedians and and some amazing shows that weren't necessarily comedy as well I saw um, Ian McCallum playing Hamlet Mm. Um, live on stage, that was cool. Because it's a fringe; it's not a comedy yeah, festival as yeah, such, yeah. is There's it? All these, all these different uh, art shows all, all throughout the day. Um, but uh, so it was really this year was really really fun. And that would have been really chill, just going and looking at everything instead of having to generate was, and be nervous about your show. Uh, like you could totally relax, it was right? A, it's a relaxing experience, not having to. Um, not having a flyer every day and, yeah. and, and get an audience and, and check your notes and write your set list and write about what you're going to do. Don't be wrong, I love it. I love doing it. I love the chaos. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to experience the other side, especially being over there with my, with my partner. It was, a, it was a much more chill experience this time in the 2018. I can imagine. Would you maybe... I'm just going to put this here so we're a bit closer... Um, would you maybe, because most of our listeners would be comedians here in Melbourne, yep. would you maybe give us a, a brushstroke idea of like how does it work going to do a show over there? I mean, it's it's a little complicated because there's um, several several different organisations you can go for. Uh, all of them you need to apply for. <coughs> I'm pretty sure applications open just opened. I think. Right, what month um, is it? does it run? Uh, it runs in August. 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 Right, so the end of their summer. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. So the 
organization that I went to in 2018 is called PBH Free Fringe. It's Peter Buckley Hill, Peter Buckley Hill Free Fringe. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And then there's another uh, organization called the Free Fringe. Right. Very confusing. Okay. And then there's um, also the Edinburgh Festival, which has several different big venues. So you, yeah. So the yeah. Edinburgh Festival is curated, and it's like it's it, it's, it's it, not it's not curated. Anyone can go to the Edinburgh. I mean, the Edinburgh Festival is. It's like the Edinburgh thr- Fringe Festival is is not curated. Anyone can be part of the Fringe Festival. You just need to apply to um, get a venue. Right, right, to get a venue. But what I'm saying is there's the central uh, festival... Yes. ...which is curated and funded by the government yes. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then concurrent, side by side with that, there's the Peter Buckley Fringe... Yeah. ...and, ne- and, the, and the Fringe. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's three organisations running their festival everyone at the same time yeah it, i mean it's 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 a little bit of chaos over there if anyone wanted to go over there and i highly recommend it it's it's the most fun doing a show there and and art runs from like till 5am in the morning and art the, runs uh, uh, yeah, i said arts like there's there's shows on oh all, really all, all, all night um, oh my god! I've seen, seen shows and underground caves, and it was, how many um, shows in total is? I, I would have, I would have no idea. I need to Google it. Thousands. 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 So at the Melbourne Comedy Festival at it the moment, I think they've got about five. Was it seven hundred last was, count? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, don't quite remember that. But I thought it was about six, seven hundred. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I was going to say five hundred, but I think I'm a bit behind. I can, I can, I can Google it just so we're not lying to your lovely listeners. Yeah, but over there, it sounds like there's like ten times as many more shows. Are we talking about five, maybe five thousand shows? It was in 2022, which was a smaller fringe. Then Here because in, of COVID. Oh, over in Edinburgh. Yeah, over in Edinburgh. Like yeah. it was a smaller fringe festival than, than, than uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. It's their first one back. Had 3,171 shows. 3,171 yeah. shows. Oh, my God. So usually it'd be more than that. Yeah, yeah. Usually it'd be over 4,000 shows. Yeah, you'd think so, yeah. And, and, and this isn't Edinburgh. How big is it? Edinburgh is like a... It's not as big as Melbourne, is it? Oh... It's a fair size city. It's okay. it's kind of a leveled city, so um, leveled. Yeah, it's it's hard to. Oh, lots of steps. Yeah, there is. There's there's lots of steps up and up and down. Um, so it's not a flat city like ours. No, no, not at all. It's it's very easy to get lost in. There's um, uh, like a lot of European cities. It's almost like old town and, and new town kind of kind of vibe. So there's two. Right. There's two levels to Edinburgh, and you, you walk between them. But the, um, and it's really ye old England parts of it, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, a lot of cobblestone roads and, and beautiful old buildings. And, and no, it's, it's a beautiful city. I, I, I couldn't recommend it higher to, to do the fringe or, or even just to, to visit. If I moved anywhere, it would be to, to Edinburgh. I bet in August it's lovely. Um, because the the town's buzzing, the population yeah. there, 
uh, generally doubles, so tourists kind of flood in to, to fill the rooms. and Yeah. Um, so you reckon it's, because it's, it'd be a big, it's a big effort getting a show together and getting it to Edinburgh yeah. and flying over there, um, figuring out, th- this is the challenges, because I'd like to go, yeah. but these are the challenges, well, besides the fact that I've got work and kid and responsibilities yeah. and shit, um, is what, like accommodation, because yeah. it'd be hard to find accommodation, or you have to do that ahead of time. Yeah. But, you know, finding out where to apply, how to apply, how do you get a venue, all of that sort of shit, it seems hard enough here in Melbourne, and I live here, yeah. let alone trying to organise that for something on the other side of the planet. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, social media is really the key to it. Do, do your research, do your... Um, uh, do research on all of it um, would be my, my my biggest suggestion. As far as my recommendations, I thought Peter Buckley Hill PBH was a, was a great program. Uh, you went to the website, you filled out the application form, and then you just waited, and they find you your venue. You don't have to pay for venue hire over there. Oh, really? Uh, with Peter Buckley here. No, they give you a venue for free. At the end, they see that's for a, for a voluntary donation to help the PBH Fringe keep going. But that's fair enough, because at the moment, like, I'm getting a show together yep. with three other uh, comedians, yep. right? We're trying to find a venue. It's a scramble right oh, now. It is, it's, it's, I've seen several comedians scrambling to find their Melbourne Comedy Festival venue. Because we're trying to get get a venue because the, the um, registrations are due in, like, in about a week. Yeah. And you need to have your venue confirmed by then. Registrations due in a week. Yeah, they've really brought it back yeah. since last year. And um, oh, it's, it's about ten week, ten days. I don't yeah, know the exact date, yeah, but yeah. it's soon. Yeah, yeah. It's soon, and so everyone's trying to confirm their venue now. Yeah. And because I've always did my shows at the Highlander, I didn't have to worry about any yeah. of that stuff, right? And Station yeah. Fifty Nine. And last, uh, you know, we did Lantern Lounge last time, which yeah. w- which was great, worked yeah. for us. Uh, but this time we wanted a bigger venue yeah. or just a different venue. Yeah. And this is when I'm getting introduced to this whole thing of, oh, you're scrambling for a venue and you've got to find it yourself. Yeah. And you put in expressions of interest and then there are p- people that do this. They're, once they're in, they do their show at the same venue every year. Yep. And venues tend to go with the people that they already know. No, and no can fill the venue. Yeah, and, yep. and you're dealing with all of this stuff. So that just knowing that, that they find the venue for you, like it's like oh yeah. really that's such a weight off my mind you know? <coughs> it does come with chaos you don't know generally don't know what room you're going to get until you get there i i had a i had a great experience to be honest uh but i've also heard horror stories of, of getting to your venue and the venue be flooded with stuff right um so so with that comes oh i see comes you don't get to chaos. personally choose you Not just get really, stu- yeah. you just get stuck with what you get stuck with and hopefully it's it. good yeah that is it does come with a little bit of chaos which i enjoyed over there and um the, the horror stories always get fixed at the end right you know, they, 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 but it's a big that... community and everyone gets around and helps and, 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 and fixes it. But oh, it really? Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful community, but I, um, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly chaotic. It, it's, 
The PBH model works very similar to how the Free Company model worked at the Highlander. Right, just on a much larger scale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're dipping your... Sounds like you're diving into chaos, but at the same time, isn't... Sounds very creative. It is. It, <laughs> it, 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 it certainly is. Especially for, for you, Panique, if you went over there, I'd recommend... I'd recommend going with PBH and just... Right. Just enjoying the chaos. I am the free fringe, but Alex Alex Petty's the guy that runs it. The other the other free fringe is also is also good. There's a bit of rivalry between the two. Sure. I um, but this year I went to over over on this trip. I went to a lot of his venues to see shows. I um, and his venues seem a lot less chaotic. <laughs> uh, what's his name again? Uh, Al- Perry. Alex, Alex Petty is his name. Oh, and that's that's an unfortunate surname, um, isn't it? I, I think <laughs> Alex yes. Petty and for Free Fringe. So he's a bit more organised with his venues, by the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah. He, there's 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 history between the two fringes, um, but I, I wouldn't be able to confidently tell you. I think. Oh, they might they were once one yeah, and then became two factions. Something something like that. Oh, it seems to always be the um, way. Um, and and one of them is run um, a lot more organised than the other. Yeah, right. Um, PB, but PBH was the first one. I think Peter Buckley Hill was the one that. that constructed the free concept of, of pay what you think and all right and so all of the shows oh so there's no ticketing structure there no no not with, in, the, with the pbh no yeah not with pbh right so that that bypasses a whole bunch of complications and stuff that people have to do and and Oh, so it's all pay what you feel at yeah, the yeah, end yeah, with yeah. a bucket yeah, yeah, the and bucket. a car card reader these card days reader. yep yep Wow. Similar to the show we did last night. Indeed. I've heard from Sophie Prince, because she went over there uh, with Kieran in, I don't know what year it was, but she's been over there, and she said the people, the punters over there, are much more used to the idea of giving some money at the end. They're ready to do that. Yeah, they certainly are. They they certainly are. Um, they're, They're pretty generous. I am... We've had a. I, I I feel it all depends on on how you how you pitch the concept, I um to the audiences because it's still a a relatively new concept, right? I, um, here, yeah. um, uh, but certainly over there they are they are used to it. They've they've been around for a while. The free fringes, so the the audiences over there do know. It's, they're expected to put in money if they if they think the show's good. It doesn't have to be much. But... Mm. Do you know that reminds me a bit of um, buskers that are really pro buskers, mm. particularly ones that come out from the UK. Yeah. When it comes time to asking for money, they've that's part of the show. Yeah, it's it's incredible watching buskers do their do their work and and essentially their bucket pitch at the end. And, and it's like, you know, this it. is what I do for a living. And, you know, if you've enjoyed the show, yeah. please, you know. They're kind of, they're putting the pressure on, but without pushing people yeah. away. Yeah, they're funny and they're, you still want to listen to them. They're, they're really good. Essentially, the, the, that concept of, of free comedy and so free maybe entertainment and, and asking, like, pay. I keep saying free entertainment. It should just be called pay what you think. Yeah. You know, that's what the model is. 
Yeah, that, that's what it should be, because it's not really... It's not free. It's not free. It's not free, and I don't want to trick people and go, this is, this is free, when it's, when it's not. Yeah. yeah, I did sometimes feel a bit like that. There was like I felt like there should have been on the flyers and stuff a sort of a pay what you feel yeah. rather than free because yeah. it's not it. Yeah, you're kind of entrapping people a yeah. little bit if deceiving them. But yeah. no, but no one's ever you know. No one's forced to do it. It's free if you want it to be. It yeah, is, it is a donation. But um... yeah, but um. No, okay, that's all very interesting to note because if they're providing the venue, even though that gets chaotic, and there's no ticketing structure to deal with, it's just bucket, that's just simplified a whole bunch of things. Oh, it it certainly does. That in my mind, I'm like, well, how does that work? And how do you sign up to that and da-da-da? Especially being not a great tech... I mean, I can get around with tech, but I'm no whiz, that's for fucking sure. And when it comes to social media, it takes me a long time to do stuff that millennials do in two seconds. You pretty much get a room, a mic, and a lot, and chairs. Right, and a bucket. And (laughs) And bring your own bucket and get a card reader. Uh, Yeah, yeah, make sure you have a card reader. And organise yourself some um, accommodation well ahead of time. Well, well ahead of time. Um, Accommodation... Is, is killer over there. It's stopping people going to the fringe right now. It's, right, because there's nowhere to stay. It's very, yeah, there's nowhere to stay and where there is to stay is very expensive. Very so, expensive. So make sure, yeah, you get on that well ahead of time. Yeah. Um, Might want to see if there's other people going and get accommodation together or something. exactly it. If you can house share. Yeah. House share. Be, maybe um, be willing to sleep on the f- I, mattress on the floor or I, something. I will say... That um, when we were over there this year, we um, I stayed in a suburb called Granton. It's about fifteen minutes out of the out of the city. Yeah. Um, my brother was over there as well. I started to get a slightly cheaper accommodation, like forty minutes out of the city. Yeah. Um, which is all well and good, um, until you need to get home. Um, yeah, forty minutes is a is a long way. Yeah, yeah. So it's worth it's worth looking for because you're gonna have late nights. That's it. The shows on all night, so there's gonna be you. You might want to check out the two two a.m. show, and then there's no buses home, and you're stuck with with a cab or an Uber. So it's um it's worth. Yeah, so close. you might be it's like saving yeah, money not, on accommodation, yeah, but you're spending all this money on travel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they found. And there are night buses and whatnot, but when it when you when you're pissed and it's three thirty and you've just walked out of a show and you look and it's an hour and a half trip home on two night buses, you just you go, oh, I'll just get a a fifty dollar Uber instead, that sounds awful. So yeah, yeah. I, I do recommend trying to find somewhere closest to the city, at least um yeah. at least a reasonable taxi fare home. Yeah. Well, knowing me, I'd probably want to rent a bicycle while I was there. And they probably do they uh, use the, the e-scooters over there? Um, oh, it's got a lot of steps. That's up and down. Yeah, yeah, not as much as uh, places around Europe did. That that's for sure. Okay. There's a few over there. There's a few bikes, but um, could you cycle around there? Or is it? Yeah, not? yeah. No, you can you can certainly cycle around there. It's not um, all still cobblestones. You can't really cycle on cobblestones very well. I mean, it's it, it's yeah. It's not the smoothest paths, but I um there, there was bikes around there for sure. Yeah right. Yeah, it's not it's not Amsterdam. Amsterdam mm. was a little nicer to to ride around. 
Fed Ion. Amsterdam's very flat, and they've designed it for yeah. bikes because you know, been yeah. riding bikes in Amsterdam. I wouldn't, forever. I wouldn't want to be a car around there, to be honest. In Edinburgh? No, in I um, in Amsterdam. Okay. It's uh, definitely designed for bikes. Really? Yeah. They've designed yeah. the city around bikes as oh, opposed to cars. There's there's times when you looked at maps. And uh, to drive, it was 17 minutes. And to ride a bike, it was like six minutes. <laughs> There's a lot of canals and stuff. So cars have to go around oh. and sit over these little bridges. And... Yeah, right, of course. There's all the canals. Yeah. And, and the, the city was clearly designed way lot, far before cars were invented. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. People were riding around yeah. Amsterdam and Holland way before yeah. they were driving. Oh, wow. So is there anything you want to tell us about Edinburgh before we move on to the rest of your trip over there? I just, I just couldn't recommend it high enough. It's a, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful festival. I, um, I think as a, an up-and-coming comedian should go over there with the intention of not, not trying to get famous, try not to spend a silly amount of money I, um, to get famous. Um, what do you think? Just the main go, intent- go, go over there. Go over there like it's, a, like it's a holiday. And it's chaos, but it's beautiful and it's fun performing. If you truly love performing, then these, these festivals and, and the roller coaster of ups and downs you go through doing a full run at a big festival and, and getting there and your room's full and you fly really hard and you, you smash it out of the park and then. Uh, there's days where it's slower and it's it's such an experience that grows you as as a comic and an artist that I I recommend. I think a lot of people get really intimidated by it and go, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait till I'm ready. If so, someone like you, Brittany, but someone who's done it a few years, you know, someone who's done a couple of hundred gigs plus, yeah, um, you know. Someone who, who, who thinks they've got a confident 45 minutes. Yeah, right. Minutes. So that's what you need, a, a yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just, just Worth a go, the, you reckon? Just take the, the plunge and do it because you'll be, be a better artist for it. All round. Yeah. All round. You know what I'm hearing? It sounds like an amazing learning curve. Yeah, well, that's... that's and it's it. not... And it's about your comedy on stage, but... There's so much around that. There's all the organising yourself to get there, <coughs> organising yourself to register, um, getting you, like communicating with people, um, or just all the stuff that you mentioned, yeah. dealing dealing with the problems that come up. Yeah. You're, you're troubleshooting. Yeah. Uh, getting people, getting people in the door because you don't have family and friends to invite anymore. So yep. you got to figure out ways. That, you know, just all of that stuff. It's very challenging and very, there's a lot of work to do, but that, that's the other, that's all part of it. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. It's part of being a, a comedian or, or an artist or, or an entertainer. It's just part of being a person. Yeah. Always. It's not, the, getting on stage is just the cherry on the cake. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the fun part. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the footy match. It's all training. There's all there's all stuff to, to do beforehand to to get to to the point that you enjoy. And you do all that that shit for the for the chance to walk on stage and get a big laugh. 
But I reckon that once you've done it once, if you go back there, every time you go back, it'd be easier and easier because you know what to expect. Well, yeah, I, I think so. And that's why I would, I would say, like, don't, don't psych yourself out. Um, thinking, don't, don't want thinking to... you're not, not ready or whatnot. Because like, I recommend go back, keep doing it, mm. get better. There are so many shit shows over there out of those 3,000 shows. Right. There's a lot of people coming, obviously coming from England, coming from Europe, where it doesn't seem that big of a deal for them yeah. to, I, um, to come over and well, do a show. Coming from the mainland is like here coming down from Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so, Brisbane. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of Australian comics I, I see that want this five-star knock-out-of-the-park greatest performance show and they're going to go to Edinburgh and do it and then get famous from Edinburgh. It's probably not going to happen. Like That's not the might, vi- That's probably not the vision to it, go with. It might. It's happened to people before. Right. But personally, I just want to keep doing Edinburgh and getting better. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting better and getting yeah. Because when I'm hearing you say like you know when you when when you can organise all this other stuff, your rego, your venue, yeah. your communications, get a, get yourself somewhere to stay, all that stuff, then you you're set up as a pro to go to any festival or any city in the world to go and do a show. Well, yeah, because it's the same skills apply to any, whether you're in Hong Kong or Singapore or Montreal or Adelaide or Perth. It's all, it's all pretty similar. Just fill in an application form, um, find a venue. Get book. yourself somewhere to stay, yeah. you know, and if you know the drill... We've then... just simplified a, a nightmare process of, of booking a festival, but yeah. Well, effectively, the more you do that, the more you've encountered the problems already, you've solved them, those problems already, yeah. you get smoother. It becomes less difficult. It becomes a routine of a checklist in your head of these are the things I need to check off before I go. Yeah. And it becomes, it becomes less daunting. Talking yeah. about going over there, finding a venue, how do you do tickets, like the, the, the thought of going to the other side of the world for a show is really daunting. The more, mm. the more you do whatever festival... The, um, the less daunting it becomes. And I think that's what becoming a professional is all about, is is doing it to the point that you rely, you can redo it reliably. Like turning up to gigs on time, for example. Do you know what I mean? That takes something. It doesn't take yeah. as much as getting yourself a show in Edinburgh, but you got to fucking get yourself off the couch and watch the clock and do all that kind of shit. Now, if you can do that reliably... Great. And then the more you do it, the more you go, oh, do you know what? This reminds me of Billy Styles, Because yep. there was times, especially before he got his ADHD medication, yeah. that he'd get uh, <coughs> anxious before yep. going on stage. And what he'd say to himself was, I've done this before. Yeah. I've done this before. Not just I can do this. Yeah. I've, I've done this before, which means I've got it in me. Yeah. And that applies, I would imagine, to doing fe- festivals. It's just on a broader, a bigger scale. I've done Billy's, this before. He's a smart man. It, it applies for almost almost anything you've done before, whether whether you be asking a girl out, doing a doing a gig, doing you know, the more you do do anything, the more comfortable you'll you'll become, which is which is. Uh, a good reason to, to keep practicing to keep, keep doing, doing things that you want to you want to get good at 
Because I think there's a, um, a misconception, especially out amongst um, people who don't do the arts, that certain people are, air quote, talented, right? Yeah. Or gifted. Yeah. Or whatever. But if you look behind it, usually what you find is someone who fucking applies themselves to it day in, day out. doesn't matter whether it's doing gigs every yeah. night or whether it's a musician who practices eight hours a day or a painter who does classes all the time or a dancer who fucking practices six hours a day. That's what you find. Don't, don't be wrong. I definitely think there are cunts out there who are naturally funny and naturally talented and, and music, but they still have to work hard, one, to hone that, that skill and that ability, and two, to make sure people notice. Yeah. You know, you can be you can be the super gifted and funny if you're not doing the, the stage time and the work, no one who knows. You're just uh, another funny cunt at a barbecue. Yeah. If you're not doing the work. Yeah. Um, and you might be really gifted and funny, but if you can't, that other stuff we were talking yeah, yeah, about, yeah. if you can't organise your way out of a paper bag, unless you're very fucking lucky and yeah. some manager yeah. type person finds you happens to come across you yeah, yeah. which is most actually generally unlikely yeah, yeah. then you're still going to be doing the same shit shows as everybody else because yeah. you can't organize yeah. yourself you know and and i'm just saying yes there are those naturally funny people and i fucking hate them fuck those guys you and know girls. who you are <laughs> you guys and girls yeah fuck you because you just get no um everyone in melbourne comedy is like that's me i'm naturally funny <laughs> you're not um there's still a shitload of work that goes into it and um and that's 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 walking the, the path of being an artist or, or living whatever whatever your thing is is being consistent and putting the time in I think that's what it ends up coming down to, yeah. you know, and doing the learning curve and doing the work and all of that. Do, which... you, do you hundreds and hundreds of gigs and you get you get better and you see it on the on the scene. You see the people that are working mm. really hard and putting in not only working really hard but putting in the extra mile. Yeah, and and truly living and breathing comedy. Um, get really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, because so. you and I—I've been on the scene since two thousand and fourteen, right? Yeah. When when did you start doing comedy? Uh, I, I started doing comedy <laughs> in two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. But I I moved to Melbourne in two thousand twelve. And, and, and did you do like? Class clowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my first kid. Oh, so was you class you clowns. grew up here in Geelong. Yeah. Right, and you did class clowns. I did. How did you go? Uh, I got to state finals for in year nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, but I never oh, got wow. past state finals. Oh wow! Um, so you were right into it when you were young. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, year nine was the first time I did stand up, but I was only doing like one or two gigs a year because I was a kid. Did you ever compete against James G. Warren? I don't think so. I, I know James G. G. Warren. I don't think I ever ever did. Because he, he won class clowns. Maybe. One of those years. I know. My, my memories of pre-18 are pretty blurry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then when you moved 
to Melbourne in 2012, was that with the intention of getting into comedy? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I went to, you know, I signed up to uni up in Burwood, but I think my intention was always to just keep, move closer to, I mean, I went to Deakin in Melbourne instead of Deakin up the road here in Geelong. Okay. So I think my intention was always to move to Melbourne and, and do a lot more comedy. And then I, I did a lot more comedy than uni and ended yeah, up right. dropping out of uni and Right, you're still doing comedy. Still doing comedy. Oh, I'm glad. Just, I'm glad it's that way and not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's going all right. It's all. I made the right decision. It's going all right. Yeah, good, awesome. I'm glad to hear it. So, did you start at Station Fifty Nine in 2012? Because I know that you and Karen had a long, yeah. long relationship together. Yeah. So I, I think I met Karen at the end of 2011. Okay. I, I think I did a gig at the end of 2011 with Kieran at, at Station 59. At Station 59, yeah. And then I moved up in 2000 and... You moved to Melbourne? Yeah, moved up to Melbourne in 2012. I, um, right, okay. So, so yeah, yeah, when I was... I think I was 17 when I did my first gig at Station 59. 17? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I think it was the end of 2011 and I would have turned 12... 18 in, in 2012. So you were 18 in 2012? Yeah, uh, that's when I moved to, to Melbourne. Just trying and, to, I'm trying and, to see which uh, side the... I think the microphone might be on this side. We'll do this way. Uh, yeah, so, um, so I moved to Melbourne uh, in 2012. To study, officially. To, to, to officially to study. Study, but, and um, you did a lot of comedy, and you met Karen at Station 59. Yeah, in 2012. Yeah. And um, they were... Doing their their first comedy festival season. Oh, okay. Um, and so you got to some, check that out. Yeah, with some cool names like uh, Ethan Addy and, and Danny Stinston, and there was um, a lot of people that I just I don't I, I could not tell you where they are. I hope they're still doing comedy. They're all very funny. Yeah, right. Oh, I know. It's amazing how many you watch how many people do drop off over time. Yeah, yeah, don't they? And that some of it's a cruel, brutal business. It is, and some of them were so funny. Yeah. There was one guy I remember did a show at Station Fifty Nine. Oh, I can't remember his name. I, I fuck when I do remember his name. English bloke? No, oh. Aussie Aussie bloke. Um, and he had two kids. And anyway, he dropped off. But there was he. I remember one Saturday night watching his show, tears streaming uh. down my face. Like it was the funniest comedy festival show I'd seen. That, yeah. And and no one knew him. It was yeah. it was at Station Fifty Nine. Yeah. You know, you're seeing this just incredible comedy, and then of course he's not doing comedy anymore. Yeah, it just disappears. Just disappears, and it's just like this underappreciated. <laughs> yeah, this undiscovered, un. It's like a flower that never got to bloom yeah. properly, and. I must say, I do get frustrated because I do see people getting attention out there with the comedy festival that are nowhere near as talented. Oh no! As they a lot of they people, they did the right look and they did the right thing. They were seen by the right people, and and they're people the... out there really, really hustling that that deserves to. But you know, I think we've started to see people that we've come up with who've been working really hard, like like. Like Billy Styles, like yeah. Gerald Gowdry. Yeah, they like both Gavin came out Central. of doing shows. They and Gavin, they all did shows at Station Fifty Nine, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and yeah. Highlander. Um, uh, but like they've done the work everywhere. 
Yeah, and they've carved um, their own path. And you start, I think, you, like as a as a comic, and I'm sure in the scene you look at look at other comedians, and I think you can see the people who were working really hard. Yeah. Start to see the rewards. Yeah. Of of all the hard work. You know that that no five six years of of hard labor and, and gigging six nights a week and, and living and breathing comedy yeah, and, and traveling or, the, organi- the organizing and, their own regional tours yeah, and all that kind of stuff creating their own fan base making sure there's there's never a night they're not both gigging and therefore practicing getting better yeah and you know what? When you've done it that way, even though it's a lot more work than being, you know, there's ex- more than just those three. There was just the first three that came to came to mind. Yeah, but they're a good. I know Billy. Yeah. I know Billy's been at it hard for that period of time, and he and um, Jared were doing those tours regionally that they yeah. organised themselves. And yeah, Gavin's been. I remember him down at Station Fifty Nine. Yeah. You know, that, and yeah, I mean there are more, but those three do come to mind. Uh, but when when you've done it that way, rather than winning Raw and getting people's yeah. attention that way, you, that's a solid foundation. Like, no one can take that away from well, you. Well, no, yeah, I mean, you've, paid, you've definitely paid your dues, you've done the hard miles, and I think you, you're a better comic book. You're more prepared for the, the longevity of a career. And, yeah. And, I think if you get all that attention, especially early, yeah. you're really dependent on those people for your career. Yeah. And if they decide they want to drop you or anything goes wrong in any capacity or you get bad publicity and they drop you, that's it. Your yeah. comedy for career, unless you pick it up yourself, is over. So you're kind of more vulnerable. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree there. Because no, just because you win Raw doesn't mean actually everything's going to unfold in a no, fantasy I mean, for you. There's a lot of people who have won Raw that, that haven't gone on to a whole lot. I reckon more people than, than not, you know? I agree. Um, so uh, I it's know. a good stepping stone. It's a good way for, for maybe maybe the right people to see you and, and give you an opportunity but um, it doesn't always always work out. So. Hey, I'm not saying don't enter Raw, even though I haven't... I, I ed- wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, from what I've heard, enter it with the idea it's a good gig. Yeah, yeah, it is. That, it's a, a good, good gig. Don't enter it with great hopes. Hoping, yeah, hoping to win that. Yeah, and because I, uh, I chatted with Billy, um, I know we were going to talk about Europe, but I think this is a good yeah. topic to discuss. Um he was saying that he didn't get through any of the heats of Raw. Yeah. Didn't even make it past the first one. Yeah. And Dave Thornton was emceeing. Yeah. And he said to Billy, don't worry, mate, I didn't make it through any of the heats yeah. either. So I think what it was like, dude, you're good. Yeah. And just keep at it because I'm clearly, um, he is, Dave Thornton, has yeah. made a great career for himself. Yeah, and now, and now Billy's making a career from yeah, stuff. exactly. He's he's doing it full time, I'm pretty sure. So you need to oh, lean sorry. forward, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting chilled. Yeah, nice and, nice <laughs> that's why. I... Mm. <laughs> um, um, so I think what it what I think this is a really worthwhile com- discussion because what it's saying is that you don't need to be noticed by the powers that be 
to be able to build something for yourself. No, no. And you and I have been around the traps for long enough to see the people that are sticking it out and are getting really good. Yeah. You know, and we were just discussing last night, like, for example, how Jess Pierman. Oh, what a, what a killer right now. She's killing it. She's always been very funny, but she's taken it up to another level, hasn't she? She's just so strong now. Yeah. Just so fucking strong, like, just, yeah, really killing it. And she's been around that whole time as yeah. well. You know, just at it, just qu- quietly at it. And now in the, I did a podcast with her recently and this year she's really put the pedal down yeah after giving up drinking she's really gotten into it and you can tell she um and i really respect and admire and it's like um fuck what's that feeling you just have to give people that kudos oh that yeah they fucking put in the the respect full respect i admire it You've done the. You've done so much work, and, and yeah, you really put yourself into it, and it shows. And and when you see them doing well, you just wish them well because you know how much effort's gone into it. Yeah, that's it. It's more effort than I put in. That's that's that's, that's for sure. Into into my comedy recently. Uh, so when I see people just working hard and, and doing the miles and getting rewards, it's 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 fantastic. To, to, to see it, especially the good people like like Jess and yeah and, and Billy and, and and the people that that they were seeing coming up yeah Tracy Armstrong's killing it right now yeah yeah and I uh, kudos to her and also um, the guy that opened for us last night uh, Tyson oh Tyson Publistar yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. they both live down the coast they certainly do so yeah. every time we see them at a gig in Melbourne they've travelled two hours to get there. Tyson lives in Queenscliffs as well. Tyson lives like, I don't know, half an hour away from here. It's so it's like half an hour. It would have taken him half an hour to get the gig last night. They'll learn to drive to Melbourne after that and then back. And I think um, Tracy lives Tracy that way as well. Like yeah. Torquay yeah, or yeah. something no, like I that. I think she lives up in Ocean Grove. So Torquay's up near where we are. Torquay's about uh, 10 minutes that way. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and um, Ocean Grove's about Ocean, another half an hour. Yeah, Ocean Grove's had 25, half an hour. So what I'm saying is there's that commit, extra commitment oh. there. You know, like, because I, I live in North Fitzroy and I ride my bike to most gigs, right? Yeah. And it takes me usually half an hour or less. Yeah. And most of the time I'm half feel, but when it comes time for the gig, I feel like I couldn't be fucking bothered getting off my ass and riding half an hour. Yeah. And kudos to these people Tracy because she's going great guns and Tyson's you know going great guns yeah. as well and they're putting in that extra extra effort like it you is. used to as well when you come to Melbourne um, all the time uh, Tyson especially um, the last night yeah, I thought he had a great opening set yeah yeah um, it's obvious that Tyson's been putting in some work lately. Yeah. His sets have been... Uh, even when I was away, I was getting messages about just how, how strong Tyson was getting. I, um, so It's really so great to, to watch him. other comedians grow, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it no. really is. And, and then you're sort of... Because you're growing with them. Even you, you're, you're, you've definitely put the work in the last couple of years and I think yeah, you're a better comedian for it. Oh, you know, I... Um, yeah, and likewise, I mean, you, slayed it, you slayed it last night. Um, oh, that was a particularly crowd. good one last night. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, still yeah. riding the high. Yeah, I'm going to be ri- driving back to Melbourne 
just replaying that gig oh, last night. That, that front row <laughs> did not want to break, and you broke them. And you had a lovely chat with her afterwards. What was that chat like? I, I saw in the break she came up to you. She was came up to me and was was talk, she's also an artist and a and a and a yeah. musician. She was. Um, she seemed nice. She just seemed to have the she worst is... resting bitch face ever in the front row. Did you see her face? Like, obviously, she was laughing at your set. But did you see her face and body language? Only from the side. So yeah. I couldn't see what you guys were dealing with. She was coming over and going, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sick of misogyny out there. And she's like, and, you know, and, and what's his name came out and did some race stuff and she didn't like the edgier stuff. So I guess she was more on the woke side. I really side thought of... there was a lot of edge. I mean, there was a lot of white male energy last night on stage. Just coincidentally, <laughs> it just fell like that in, in the in the bookings. And I think um, that she just didn't like that vibe. But I th- and it, Which what is she's... fine, but I really didn't think anyone was pushing the line. There no, wasn't like they, a Mark they Oscar oh my God, nothing pushing ha- the line. I didn't think... Oh, mate, if she had been <coughs> around Mark Oscar, I think she would have walked out. <coughs> I'm sure she... Mark Oscar is brilliant. Uh-huh. We love we love you, Mark Oscar. No, we talk about it. Uh-huh. I went to dark comedy at um, Rubber Chicken on uh, uh-huh. Thursday night. She would have. That's not hurt. That no. lady last night wouldn't have liked that uh-huh. at all. <laughs> so I think because I came on and I was female and I was like, I broke I broke that yeah. vibe. That's probably that's how I got the girls the, on board because I'm female. I was the only female on the bill last uh, night. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of my first lineups where there's only one woman on the bill. We, I don't, like, I don't even think about it when I book. Like, oh, it wasn't a comment. Yeah. I was just no, saying, no, 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 not at all. Um, I was just, the room seems to like like women heavy lineups. They're they're, they're down right. I, I think it's. Oh, they like the female comedian because I've seen like Nadine my, Sparks fucking goes off down the here. The likes of, of, of Nikki Barry, Jess Pearman, Tracy Armstrong, Mimi. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Uh, Stevie Sticks. Yes, of course. You, like the the, it's the all... ladies, uh, Cassie Gothard, absolutely hit out of park. M saying last week. Oh, awesome. I, um. That's what the room seems to, to resonate with. I, um, That's fucking great, man. Which is, which is really cool. I, um, it's not something I put a, a, a lot of thought into when I'm booking. I'm just trying to book funny people and different people. Yeah. Not like, like, not to look at genders, but you just look at the, um, the style. different styles of comedy. Yes. Which generally, like, I don't want to say generally, that- there's a lot of times where, you know, no, males and females sometimes do different styles of comedy and talk about different things. Naturally, it just makes sense. So the lineups do. So you do, you organise your lineups to give a bit of variety to the night. Yeah, yeah. I like to put on someone who's a bit absurdist and a bit strange. No, there's like generally five spots, and I, I like one of them to be absurdist, one of them to be strange. You know, yeah. One of them to be a bit of musical comedy. Yeah. I want someone that's really strong at stand up, generally to close the show. Yep. Yep. I um I need a strong stand up to open the show. Yep. Yep. I um and I um So yeah. you've so you choose um comedians for lineup to be able to fulfill that criteria. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is better criteria than saying I've got to make sure I've got, you know, X amount of women, X amount of men. Which is hey, that not 
not dissing any booker that does that. Any booker that goes, I've got to have women on the lineup. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, yay. Yes. I'm really, I'm not dissing any at all. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying to the way you're doing it sounds more like you're shaping the show. And it seems organic within that that you're going to have a mix of men and women yeah. be, because um, that that does provide variety yeah. intrinsically. Yeah. Um. And then you're choosing which of those material, like, you know, yeah. of the comedians would kind of match but also give variety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah, I, I just try and feel for what the the show needs. I think variety takes care of it, of itself. With me, I don't think that's the case with with everyone. But I think I, I, it also helps that I I generally message people, asking them to come come down, and, and a lot of people message me, and I put their name on a list, and then I put the lineups together through through doing that. Yeah, right, going, through that list this, of people this, that have contacted you. Yeah, we need a strong MC. Let's, let's build down from the MC. Yeah, yeah. Had, I was really um, actually glad I was on last night because I was the only female and yeah. we only just organised for me to be on on Monday. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming that you had a dropout. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and so since I came in at the last minute, and then I saw I was the only chick on the thing. I was like, oh, well, that's really good that I could make it. Yeah. You know, because I think having only guys on the lineup is like, oh. oh I would have terribly last night. I, yeah. I, I didn't want it. I was, I actually was searching for, this week was the only week I, I deliberately was like, because I looked at the lineup, like, like the cards fell and who was available and who fit the lineup. Yeah. And it was just male central. Right. It's just like, I didn't have. A lot of females on my list. I got I got three on next week. Uh, out of the six, I got people. I think I had three on the week before. Yeah. And there was um, I've I've booked up with with a lot of the funny women that I know up till the end of December. Yeah, yeah. And most was, people I, have booked. I, I, and I was like, fuck, I'm running out of. Yeah, and then I, I and then I messaged you saying, hey, let's do a yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where I, I messaged you saying. Would love to do Geelong again. Yeah. Uh, and why don't do I stay the night and do a podcast? And you said, "Hey, are you available this no, Friday?" You, you, you fixed. You fixed a great problem because I had one woman on the light up, and then they dropped out, and you fixed that. But wow, before that was happening, I was still looking for another funny woman um, to come down because I just thought the the lineup was a bit. Not not the fact there were men, but the style the styles of the man were very like dad central. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, uh, everyone yeah. was really funny, but but the likes of um, Warwick and Peter, you know, they were all you know, pretty middle aged. Yeah, it's blokey, a bit blokey. Yeah, blokey, yeah, yeah. That was the line. It wasn't the fact there was too many men on the lineup. It was just a bit of a blokey lineup. Bloke, yeah, and I didn't. Although feel Sebastian like it kind of is, is the, uh, the antithesis of that. The the Oscar, the oh, Oscar. Oscar, yeah, Firth sorry, Robinson. wrong. Yeah. wrong. <laughs> Oscar, who was what's his name? Oscar, Oscar. Firth Robinson. <laughs> gun. Unbelievable. So now he's talented, isn't he? Mind you, mind you, there would he's be. He's got a show on next week at the Alswick Theatre. Go check it out. He's, he's fucking great. I wish I had his flyer here to say more. Oh, I do have his flyer. Uh, it's here somewhere. 
uh, my bag. It's sitting under the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, you might say, yeah, super talented, but to be able to, he's been to um, VCA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now, to be even to be able to get into VCA, you have to have done years, no. years of playing an instrument. And, and then he gets there and does the course. There's so much practice involved. Super talented, but amazing amount is of work. It a, is it great improv uh, as well? He, he used to do streams where people would just like like donate money and whatnot, and he'd like sing like improv songs. Improv like, songs. Yeah, uh, uh, stuff that they they're commenting and whatnot. Like he's uh, and he has a fantastic uh, business as well. He does like embroidery. Embroidery. Yeah, yeah, he's got a big embroidery business. Got like a, a fucking shed full of machines and shit like. Like he's he's killing life. What's his name? Oscar. Oscar, Oscar Firth Robinson. Oscar Firth Robinson. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I, he deserves he deserves all the, yeah. all the credit in the world. He he's one of the few people that I that I've watched and gone, holy shit. He needs to be noticed. Yeah, the, his, because his he's voice got is great. his voice is amazing. His uh, his talent on the keyboards amazing, and that he did a song about religion at the end, and just the the social commentary and the way he does it is fucking brilliant. Oh yes, I mean I I reckon with a few more years he's t- we're talking Tim Minchin yeah. different. A si- uh, somewhat similar in some ways, but yeah. th- are clearly his own thing. He's not copying yeah. Teen Minchin yeah. in any capacity. But he's just, I reckon he's got just as much potential. Right, just that the intellectual subject matter behind his songs is it's Minchkin ish. Minchin esque. Minchin esque. Real word. <laughs> it's a real word. Minchin esque. <laughs> Uh, no, that's really cool, man, and I'm I'm glad you're doing what you're doing down here because I think you know, it's great to spread comedy around. And what we're also finding this year is that comedy rooms that are opening up in the suburbs are doing well as I well. Know. Yeah, so um, we're going out to the people instead of expecting them Dave, to come to the city. Dave's room is, seems like it's fucking killing it up in, in Frankston. Humdinger. Humdinger, yeah. Yeah, I did that on I did that on Thursday night. How was it? Just packed yeah. out like it always is? Yeah. What's it sit, like 100 or something like that? Something. Ah, uh, 50. 50? Beautiful. Yeah, really good space and great uh, good for Good for Dave and good for Frankston. And... Yeah, yeah, oh, he puts the work in. Yeah. Just like you put the work yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I've, had, I've had a couple of chats to him about it. I'm really happy that he's got a, a, a good, successful room. Yeah, yeah, it's going well Con- and consistently well. And once you know, you, just once, like your room's yeah, going consistently once well. Once you start building and have that consistency, it's, it's pretty chill. Does it feel good? How does it feel to build something like that? It's, it's as stressful as always. Um, it feels pretty good, um, especially when the room really pops. I um, had a complaint the other week that there was too many people in the room. That was um, too many was, people in the yeah, room. Yeah, the bar manager ran out of glasses, and that was you. Oh, it was pretty bad. It was a fire hazard. Yeah, it is a hazard. It, <laughs> it is a fire hazard. Yeah, <laughs> but can, that is a good problem a to a, have. Bit though. Of a hazard because people just kept squishing into the room to check out the comedy when there was only standing room and. So it's, it's really cool to have that buzz, and and we've been in the paper a couple of times, and. Because so it, it must be a buzz, like having a great gig for yourself is a great buzz. But this must be a step. I really love this step, community and I really want to build something here. So I think that, yeah. that means. So to step back and watch the whole night be great and go, fuck, 
I, I, I was the spark that created this. Like this, like, this is fantastic. This is just the first piece uh, of the puzzle I play I've, I've got for, for Geelong and doing comedy. Oh, really? Comedy in Geelong. Yeah, yeah, I want... So you've got a company called oh, Anything Business, Goes. Anything we, Goes. We don't talk about this. I'm so sorry. I know. I oh, know. I brought us here. Do you mind? No, 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 no. Of course. I no, still no, want to no, talk I, about I Europe, talk. but I'm really interested in this. So. Um, so, so the plan is we got Friday Night Comedy right now, uh, which is a curated uh, show. Where everyone gets paid at the brewery. Money, yeah, at, at the brewery in Geelong. Um, Eight PM Friday nights. Yeah, uh, come down. Um, but I want to. Uh, and we will start soon. Start a, a, an open mic uh, there, probably on a Sunday afternoon or at something same, like that. At the same, at the same venue. venue. Yeah. Uh, to encourage I, local comedians. To encourage local people. People yeah. have never done it before. Yeah. And, and local comedians that come down That'd and be then great, feed man. them into the Friday, Friday night, night comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there. So bigger gigs with big headline comedians and whatnot and feed the people from Friday Night Comedy into, into, into the big gigs that are you know, ticketed and, yes. and, and whatnot. We've also got a, a comedy and beer festival that we're planning to run next year. Can I just ask with the ones with the bigger names again at the same venue? No, no, they've got a big, they've got a sister venue in Torquay. Same owners? Yeah, same owners. And it's bigger? Yeah, the yeah, Torquay that, is one is bigger, yeah, so yeah. you could run the headliners down at yeah. Careful, not too much kicking. <laughs> um, uh, you could do nights down at Torquay with headliners with more. People. Yeah, I mean it happens there now. There's a there's a lovely man who runs comedy down there now every couple of months for them with with, with good headliners and. Okay, yeah, so. I've heard there's an uh, room down in Torquay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um. Who runs that room? Uh, John Watts. Okay. And watch the joke. It's it's not so. I say it's a room. It's generally a headliner, an MC, and an opener. Right. And it happens every couple of months. Right. Oh yeah. He yeah. seems to have a roster of of tried and tested comedians he goes to, which is fair enough. He puts on a pretty good show. Yeah. I so I don't want to step on his turf too much, but but my my plan is to to continually grow a scene in Geelong instead of just having a room. Well, if he's only doing a gig down there once every couple of months, that leaves room to do something else. Oh, it certainly certainly does. It certainly does. Um, And you're growing a scene. He's coming down and doing a night once in a while. That's a whole different project, you know. And Um, it sounds like you're getting interest from the local council who want to help fund stuff. Yeah, I mean, they they haven't... Getting captured with the fun stuff's another thing, but they, oh. they, they certainly want to help. They keep they keep contacting us, asking if there's anything they can do to help promote, or or if we've got any projects coming up to let them know, and they'll let us know what they can do. Um, well, that's 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 so, good. Is, that's support. Good. That's I council that, support. And yeah. I bet if they if you came up with a project and you know went to them with the right. Yeah, well, I'm I think sort so. out for some funding, you might get it. I, I think so. The, the grants for Geelong were... Applications closed a couple of months ago before I got back, so I wasn't aware of it. But um, I think... Because don't you we'll want to make some venues available in Geelong for the next comedy festival? Yeah. Yes. Uh, for, for In April, for the next Melbourne yeah. comedy festival. Is that what no, you're going to do? No, 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 we're going to start our own... We're going to plan to start our own comedy festival. In Geelong? Yeah. Would that run at the same time? No, nah, no. Nah, different time? No. Nah. Whole different thing? Yeah, I think we'll run in July, I think. I'm hey, not man. sure. Wow, that's pretty... That sounds cool. Um, 
You reckon anyway. there's enough people in Geelong to so. to support that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, I think so. Huh. Um, Dude, this is sounding exciting. Um, yeah, I'll just have a, a comedy and beer festival. So instead of Blaze having to go to Melbourne to do comedy, you've decided to stay build a scene in Geelong. Build a scene in Geelong, and you can stay here in Geelong. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck you, man. Um, And when Geelong blows up, I just got all my all my money on Geelong right now. When Geelong blows up, I'll already be king of comedy. That's the plan. Dude, Geelong's becoming the new Melbourne, and I'm already king, bitches. Man, I was wondering, maybe we could have a small break. Yep. I can grab a coffee. Of course. Maybe have another pipe. Yep. And then we'll talk about the rest yep. of your trip yep. in Europe. Beautiful. How, how does that sound? Sounds perfect. Awesome. Oh, hang on. The phone's the other way around. All right, we're back. Oh, we're back. We're back. Now, I was going to want to ask you about your trip to Europe after you went to Edinburgh. And I just want to preface by saying um, two things. Congratulations on getting engaged. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, was that, did you, was that, did that happen in Edinburgh? No, it happened in London. 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 On the first day of that trip. So the first day after Edinburgh? No, no, so we flew into London. It was the first day. So we went away for just a bit over three, three months. Yeah. And we flew into London and it was the day, it was the first day of our trip, so we got in at night. Right. And then the, the first full day we had in London, I proposed. Wow. That is super romantic, can I say. Um, oh. Super romantic. And to have that whole, I'm glad she said yes. <laughs> it would have been a long trip. Oh my god, it would have been a long trip if she said no. It would have been a long trip if she said no. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gambling man, Oh, you had your, you put placed all your bets on it. Yeah. So it became you travelled Europe together for three months, having just become engaged. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Uh, it was lovely. Yeah, and I know that you hit like 17 countries. So I was just wondering if you might. Uh, you've told us about Edinburgh, yeah. so maybe rather than run through all the 17 countries, maybe just give us some highlights, some stuff that you observed. You told me a little bit of stuff about Spain, you know, comparing Spain to Amsterdam before, which was interesting, and also you were in Hungary, so it sounds like you had some pretty interesting adventures. Oh, we, we certainly did. Um, yeah, I said Spain, uh, Barcelona's where we went. Uh, Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona. <laughs> <coughs> did you go to the Gaudi Museum? Um, Is it Gaudi? Oh, yes. Uh, no, we we couldn't get in. Ah, oh. I'm trying to. He trying did to that whole. Did you see that whole bench? I've been to yeah. Barcelona. He did the the towers, and I oh, better yeah. not go off on that. But he um, does a lot of mosaic. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to get in the mosaic. There. It was actually a wild, wild day. We, we a taxi cancelled on us three times, and then we got there oh. late, and we couldn't get in, and we had to leave Barcelona the next day. Oh. So we didn't get to see the the sculpture museum. Uh, but we'll, I'll, I'll go back to Barcelona for, for sure. It was a beautiful place. I'm getting him mixed up. So that Gaudi did the mosaic with I the... I think so. I yeah, mean, and, but don't trust my history. I'm pretty stunned. No, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Gaudi did that, but Salvador Dali 
also yeah. has a museum in near Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw some of Salvador Dali's works in some museums around the place. We saw a bunch of his works in Sigmund Freud's house. Where is Sigmund Freud's house? Uh, Sigmund Freud's house. Where's my coffee? In... There we go. Tell us about Sigmund Freud's house. Uh, I think it was in. Was it in Berlin? Maybe no. He's... Is he German? He's German. Uh, it was in Austria. Austria. It was it was in Austria. And he had Salvador Dali paintings on the wall. Yeah. Where, for anyone who doesn't know Salvador Dali paintings, they're very surreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah. bunch of uh, Salvador Dali paintings. He does stuff like those. melting watches and yeah. stuff like that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of uh, abstract kind of... Yeah, weirdness. very trippy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> very it's trippy. trippy shit. <laughs> And became very famous doing this very trippy. So Freud had Salvador Dali stuff on his walls. Um, yeah, there, there was a whole bunch of paintings there of people that inspired him and, and vice versa. Paintings that were sent to him. And that was already cool. Um, that was in Aust- Austria. was wild. Actually, it was one of my favourite places. Salzburg was so pretty. It was like... I've been there too. It was like running around The Sound of Music. It was yes, so pretty. The Sound of Music yeah. was um, filmed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like running around The Sound of Music everywhere you went. And Mozart's house was pretty cool. And Mozart's what? Mozart, Mozart's house. Mozart's like, like, house. Where he grew up. So he grew up in Salzburg. Yeah. It runs... It's got a, a river or a cr- that runs through, yeah. I think. And there's a lot of... It's a very old city, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two sides. There's, like, old town and new town, like most European cities. And the old town's got the cobblestones yeah. and the, the yeah. old bridges. And, and a lot. I remember when I was there, a lot of beautiful trees and yeah. greenery and all yeah, that sort of stuff. beautiful mountains all around. And, and now it, it was a gorgeous place. So I really like Salzburg. It, mm. was, it was a surprise for me. I didn't expect to, to enjoy it so much. And the food's cheap and the beer's cheap and it was delicious. And, oh, really? Yeah. Because um, that's the other thing. Is did you find Europe to be really expensive? Um, it's not. It's not cheap, but it depends where you are. I, um, Switzerland was super expensive, like a joke expensive. Right. I, um, More so than Austria. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Because they're right next door to each yeah, other. Switzerland was was. Huh. Is that because does that is that because of exchange rates or is yeah, that? I don't know. They have a different currency. They don't use the EU, and I mean, ah, oh, they're not in the no, EU. They're not the Swiss franc, I think. Switzerland's they're not. In the U, no, they're in the EU. Uh, but, but they, they don't have, use they the euro. Own, yeah, there's a couple of the Czech Republic had their own currency as well. Really? There's a few. Yeah, I think they've got to accept the euro, but they have their own currency. Wow, that sounds fucking well. complicated. Um. Yeah, there's a few countries we went to that had their own... Currency. Own currency. As well as euros. As well as euros. Huh. Interesting. Um, but it was. It seemed to be the, the right thing to do to pay in their currency. It's what they, what they liked. Yeah. Well, oh, that makes sense. That, so you'd yeah. go to go to the bother of uh, changing yeah. your currency into their yeah. personal currency. I mean, not everybody wanted to join up yeah. and have borders come down and yeah. have the same currency it's pe- a few people made decisions and yeah. now everybody's affected but i think some people might have liked having their own currency i'm sure i'm sure they did i'm sure they did. not that i'm anti-eu no <laughs> I'm, 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 each to their own 
Um, but that, that, that was... So in that, Switzerland, yeah, super... Super expensive. expensive. Austria, Salzburg, super uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Italy was gorgeous. Where did you go in Italy? Uh, we went to Rome, Naples and Venice. Oh, right. Um, well, Rome was super cool. Is Probably it? My favourite place in Italy. The yeah? history was amazing. The, the it's buildings. like the Colosseum. Yeah, it's just wild. It's so big. You just right. walk around the city and there's the, there's the Pantheon. Just you, you walk around the corner, there it is, something built 2,000 years ago. That must, is that kind of surreal? That's, Come, it's wild. Coming you, from Australia where yeah. we most don't have that. Oh, I mean, the, the, your accommodation in Rome is generally older than, than Australia. <laughs> than whites colonised. Then what, thank you. Thank you for clarifying Australia. that. Then, then white Australia. Yeah, I get you. Oh, right. That's a funny feeling. That must be... That must put a whole different perspective on where we fit into the picture. Yeah, oh, it's just very new. And then, yeah, but, but it was it was incredible, Rome. Uh, Naples was a bit of a shithole, to be honest. It's it's very crime-infested. Okay. Knew that. Going in, they've got a reputation for that. Um, okay, so if you go to Naples, hold on to your bag. Oh, I mean, anywhere in Italy, hold on to you. Anywhere in Europe, they would hold on to your bag. I, I, right. wasn't, I wasn't scared too often that I was going to be robbed, but it's... Like, my wallet wasn't in my back pocket at any stage, that's for sure. Mm. You know, Look, I, I had a I had a, a, a over-shoulder bag that I kept my phone and wallet in when I was walking around. And it's just safety, just to be yeah. smart. Maybe nothing would have happened if I had shit in my pocket, but you don't want to take that risk. Look, I actually went to Europe in 1988, 89, yeah. And I went to Barcelona, yep. and there were that uh, there there were four of us that got to know each other that had been on that bus, yep. um, and within twenty four hours we'd all either had something stolen or attempted to yeah. have something stolen. Um, my I went into a uh, travel agency, put my bag down next to me. There was nobody in else yep. there. It's like you're looking at me, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at you. My bag's here, yeah. down on the floor. I hear a ding, or ding behind me, which means the door's yeah. opened. Yeah. I don't bother making sure my bag's yeah. right. Nothing happens. Clearly, the travel agent saw everything. Yeah. And I look down, I'm like, where's my bag? And my bag disappeared in oh the travel agency. God. And the travel agent, who clearly would have seen what happens, going, I don't know. And I wasn't old enough or experienced yeah. enough to go, I'm calling the cops right now. Yeah. Well, I was in a different country. Yeah. I didn't even know what number to call to call yeah. the cops. So just when you're there, if I could, you know what I learned? I fucking have to be touching my bag. Yeah. You know, to know that it's okay. Yeah. It became like that. Yeah, and the other I guy had his pocket ca- picked and another girl, because they've got those little alleyways. Yeah. As soon as she was walking next to an alleyway, it became a, like yeah. a T intersection. Someone came either running or on a scooter, yeah. grabbed her bike and turned down the alleyway. Oh. And she held onto it, onto the floor, and they let go because she wouldn't let go. Yeah. So, yeah, you do have to hold on to your shit. Yeah, for sure. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to tell you my story. No, no, no. That's some that's wild stuff. So you held on to your gear. Yeah, yeah just, just to be safe. We had, we had a pretty good run over there. 
Yeah, good. Um, so nothing went missing or... Uh, I mean, the the airline lost my, like, Kelly, my partner's luggage. So we got over there for a 14-week trip and half our luggage was gone. Oh, shit. And, uh, that still hasn't turned up. That, I don't think it will ever turn up. I think it's just gone forever. Was that mainly just clothes or was there some stuff in there that you couldn't uh, replace? No, it's mainly just clothes. Um, it's... Kelly buys a lot of limited edition clothes and stuff like that, so that was. I wish it was my bag and not hers. Right. Um, okay. You would have. Cut... My bags. My, my clothes were a lot more replaceable. Right. Okay. So did you have insurance to be able to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of right, insurance. and then you could go shopping. Yeah. Oh well, that's. I guess not so bad. But... Yeah, it wasn't so. It wasn't so <laughs> bad, but it was annoying. <laughs> yeah, very annoying. So where are, you were telling me a bit about. Um, Spain, because I was like, "Oh, did you go to Amsterdam? Of course, to you know, smoking yeah. weed and all that sort of stuff." Right. And you, yeah, go for it. And um, interestingly enough, I mean, clearly, uh, marijuana legalization and de- well, decriminalization and legalization is spreading throughout the world, and uh, sounds like it's spreading throughout Europe as well. So, were there some other places in Europe besides Amsterdam where you could freely smoke? Because um, Thailand, apparently. Yeah, yeah, you can smoke in Thailand. You can buy it in dispensaries yep. and smoke in Thailand yep. openly now. <coughs> can. So, can you tell us a bit about that in Europe? Um, well, Spain was a cool place to... Barcelona was a cool place to, to smoke weed. They have these uh, social clubs. So, from for, for my knowledge, it's legal to grow in your own house and possess in your own house. You just Is can't... Is this in only Barcelona or know. all think, of Spain? I think it's Spain, but... but don't trust this podcast to get your drug laws overseas. Yeah. Do your own research. <laughs> okay. Dis- <coughs> disclaimer. <coughs> I um, but uh, <coughs> so what they do um is because you can't buy it at a store or whatnot. It's only only legal <coughs> at the home. They create these social clubs. Where so you, you can't buy it at the shop. No. You're allowed to grow it at home, yep. and you're allowed to smoke it at yep. home. But you're not allowed to take it with you out no, of your house. No. Okay, that's the law. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, the law. Got it. Um, but they created these social clubs so you can go uh, pay a membership to become a member of this social club. Right. Uh, which is a bit of a grey area, and this social club acts like it's somebody's house. So you can right. therefore go in there, and they can grow and smoke weed. Because they is. officially live there. Somebody yeah, 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 somebody yeah, yeah. has it as their residential yeah, address. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a social club. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. residential And they've decided to place, open up a club at their house. Yeah, yeah. But they've, yeah they've and you're their guest. The place and, yeah, and uh, there you can buy smoke. And you, you, you're not allowed to buy stuff. What you do is you go ask to acquire like two grams of amnesia haze and then you'll donate some money to the social club. I, um, so you actually haven't they, bought drugs there. No, no. They've just, just given, pro- you, they've given you some drugs and, and you've you... gone, thanks, can I pro- give you yeah. a donation? Yeah, yeah. And they go to the social club. Yeah, yeah. And they go, why, thank you very much. Yeah. That's very generous of you. Yeah. Got um, it. And that, and that was... is a, sounds like a very... Um, I was about to say gentlemanly, but it's not because men and women, yeah, every, yeah. everyone would of any gender would yeah, be welcome. Yeah, of course. Um, and the, it's not about what, who, anything like that. Yeah. But it just sounds very genteel. It sounds very welcoming and like a really good vibe. Yeah, the, I, think, I think the smoke shops 
were better in Barcelona than they were in Amsterdam. Amsterdam's still heaps of fun. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't not go back to Amsterdam. I'd watch so back there. It, it, was, it was heaps of fun. Um, but um, you Spain, the- Spain's weed culture was really good. Um, what were uh, the people like? So what happened inside you? How did you? How do you join one of these social clubs? Uh, I found about it online, and you 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 kind of because they can't advertise it. You kind of got to find it through online threads and, and and find their website through there, and then you can uh, apply for membership through their website. Um, so for example, tell you to come in and with your ID, and, and it costs you twenty euros for a year, a year long membership. And, <coughs> So if you find them on the on their website, you sort of email them or whatever yeah. and contact them and let them know that yeah. you're coming through town and yeah, yeah. you'd like to visit yeah. and work it out that way. Yeah. You might hear about it on a podcast, for example. <laughs> Doctor Do was the club. D O U. That was the that was the club that I um that you visited, I, in, that Barcelona? I visited in Barcelona. There's a whole bunch of them. They've got a sister club as well. That's very nice. So Doctor Do. Doctor Do. D O E. D O U. D O U. Doctor Do. I presume it's Do. It could be. Oh, so that's a, that's a Spanish be, yeah, word. I, maybe. Ah, I don't you don't know what it means. No. So if you're going to Barcelona and you want to go to a social club um, and smoke some awesome weed, look up Doctor Do. D O U. The um the other place that was super cool, chill to get weed was in Prague. Prague. Yeah. Uh, in the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Yeah. I've heard they've got amazing coffee shops too. They do. So something about coffee shops and weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go well together. They Look. do go well together. <laughs> I'm drinking a coffee right now. Um, tell me about Prague because I've heard they also have a beautiful um, Christmas. If you want to do like fairy type yeah. Christmas, go to Prague. Yeah, they, love, they do love those Christmas shops there. Because they've got incredible Christmas night yeah. markets and stuff yeah. like that leading up to Christmas yeah, yeah. in December. All through, all through that, yeah, late November, early December. Which, when you're, which would be perfect when you're high <laughs> and you might like a coffee to take in all the Christmas lights. Prague, Prague was incredible. There was, there was so much things to do, so many cool little museums, there were so many cool themed bars. Yeah right. Um, what's it, what's it like? Um, like it, it, that used to be an Eastern Bloc country. Well, yep. my, what my generation yeah. would have known as an Eastern yeah. Bloc country, not yours. Yeah. Um, are they? St- they used to be really cheap. Are they still cheaper? Pretty cheap. It's yeah. still pretty cheap. Um, the beer was the cheapest thing over there. Right. The beer, okay. You're only paying a couple of couple of dollars for a pint. Maybe four dollars a pint, five dollars a pint. Like that's Australian. cheaper than here. Oh yeah, it's well and truly cheaper than here. So well travelling through the Czech Republic, here. you're it's cheaper than Australia. Yeah, I mean, most places were cheaper than Melbourne. Most places? Most places were cheaper than Melbourne. That really surprises me because when the, I think the, of Europe I think of inflated prices. Uh, London, Paris, Dublin, Geneva would have all been so I think Paris and London were, were expensive expensive but honestly about the same price as Melbourne maybe a little bit more expensive maybe our exchange maybe our dollar's gotten stronger I mean, Melbourne's not the most expensive places in the world to live really? well Sydney apparently the, yeah, the uh, real estate's super yeah. expensive up there um, right okay so I don't have to be so scared to go because I've been thinking I want to go to Europe with the family right but I've been in my mind 
it's super expensive and I have to write, you know, I'd go, I didn't realise. Uh, it depends on the kind of trip you, you, you want to do. I, um, oh, you, are you guys staying in Airbnb? Yeah, mainly. We had a few hotels, but mainly Airbnbs, which is good. Was that, that, were you staying in some like cool little buildings? Yeah, beautiful, and... beautiful buildings. I love uh, we could be. even maybe put some photos from your trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can certainly send send photos. Yeah, and when when I, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to see the photo, some photos, highlights from Blazer's trip, have a look at my Facebook photo, Facebook you, feed, Pradeepa Timmermans, you, you, and I'll put up some photos that he sends me. You love this. This is shit podcast. Uh, Sorry, this here. isn't audio. This is only audio. This, this is podcast. Shit podcast. Uh, but you'd love the apartment we stayed in at Krakow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's all pink and and greeny blue. Uh, turquoise. Pink and... T- it looks like... um, looks like a doll's house. <laughs> it's wild. It's so colourful. It's it's like got all these different... It's all retro sort of... All these pastel colours. It's got a little gnome. That's the balcony where it was It's gorgeous. Oh, Wow. Wow, yes, so... That's all the Airbnb. Airbnb. Do you know what else, in case anybody's wanting to go travelling, um, what I heard from mum is that my brother has... Anyway, it doesn't matter where it came from. Well, he got in... He His family's into travelling, and they do a house swap Yeah, yeah, we'll talk thing. about that over there, yeah. I'm not exact. Some of them work as a direct swap, yep. and some of them work on some sort of credit system. Yep. Now, I'm not sure how you meant to build any credit other than move out and go stay with your yeah, mum or something yeah. for a while and build some credit and let people yeah. stay and build credit that way. I, Maybe if you're going away for work trips or something like that. So, Maybe if you worked offshore. Right. Like, like you, you were fly-in, fly-out kind of thing. Like you could build some credit the, that in, way. In the mines or on an oil rig or whatnot. You'd be at work for three months, so yeah, you rent it out. And... Well, this one seemed... Well, they're different websites that work yeah. differently but this one that I'm talking about which might be similar yeah, to that no, no. is that you it works on a credit system and you put your house in I guess into the pool and let yep. people know when it's available and then you look for houses that are available yep. at a at a place and a time that you yep. want to go I haven't checked it out compl- I haven't yeah. looked at it but I I'm and It's an interesting idea I think it's really cool I think it is too, um, and I think you save heaps of money oh, in yeah. accommodation that way. Yeah. Because especially if you're still paying rent for your house back in Oz or wherever yeah. it is you live, and you're going travelling and you're still paying that rent, yeah. you, you, you may it'd be much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Well, to so get almost to free do accommodation it. then. Yeah, yeah. So I'll check it out, and maybe if anyone's interested, or if any listeners know more about it, get in touch with me and tell me, because I really want to know more about how it works, particularly with the credit system one, because I want to go to Europe with the fam, and when you've got two other people, and one of them's a dependent and doesn't earn money, and you've got to get accommodation for three rather than two, it all gets way more expensive. Yeah, it certainly does. Like, I don't know how people travel with more than one kid, seriously. I don't know how they have the money to raise more than one kid, to be honest. Um, So house swapping and that kind of stuff sounds like a really feasible way to go. So definitely something to look into. Yeah. And anyway, 
So we've got the social clubs in Spain. So when you went in there, was it a cool vibe? Did you chat with people there? Yeah, yeah, the bar, all that stuff. The, the bartenders and the, and the weed tenders. Um, you're being recorded just for the record. <laughs> We're oh, doing a podcast. Me. No, no, yeah. You're super fine, just. <laughs> Rather than pause, we just thought we'll roll with it. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> A role with it um, in a different capacity. Uh, um, no, you're telling us about the social life at the yeah, social clubs. Yeah, they, um, they, they obviously spoke English as a second language. Yeah. Uh, everyone there, even Spain. But um, they were super friendly and, and very helpful with, with what you wanted. And they, there was about a dozen different strains that all... Oh, so you did. could buy different kinds of yeah. weed, just like you can buy different drinks at a bar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and, and different ways to, of smoking it. There's pre-roll, there's hash, there is presents, wow. there, is, there is vape juice, there is... And, and could you get a, a coffee or a drink yeah, 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 as well? Yeah, a coffee or a beer. They'd be like standard beer and wine, and then they'd coffee, soft drinks and juice. So you could hang out there and, and partake of the whichever, yeah, whatever Yeah, they DJs there on at night and... Oh, so and and then you go there with a friend, or you could meet people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It was just it was like a bar. It was like it a bar, looked, but it was very private. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't it didn't all look like someone's house. Like it looked like a like any other bar, except the the windows were, were blacked out. Oh, okay. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> like you weren't hanging out in the veranda and stuff. No, no, no. Yeah, no, right. It's all inside, but people smoke inside, so that's fine. Wow, man. That just uh, sounds... No, sounds... I really recommend ba- Barcelona for, for that. I would start your, your trip at Barcelona. Okay. Um, and get primed for the rest of your trip. Yeah, well, I mean, I went... Yeah, exactly. I, I went to Barcelona. I stocked up on, on a little bit of weed, and then... Um, and did you carry yeah. it with you just through the borders tra- from yeah, country to on, country? Just on the train, on your check luggage. Yeah, no one, no one's No checking. one's checking? No one's checking. No one's checking your passport as you're in the country to country. Really? Yeah. As long as it's all within the EU? Yeah, as long as it's within the EU. Yeah, right. Huh, that's there very, were, that's very were, free. There were several times you saw heaps of cops walking up and down the trains. Um, Any but, dogs? No, no. A, a couple, but... It was very obvious those police were looking for somebody. Like they, oh, okay. they, they like looked in there and then they kept walking. And the first time, you kind of scared you, but no, we caught like fifty trains or something like that. Uh, so many trains. So by the by the when you see it happen a couple of times, and like you pull up at a station and cops all get on, and the train stops and they walk through and they just check every little compartment. Um, you know, it's, they're, not they're like, a, it's not a random... Yeah, yeah, they're not slowing then, this train down to check bags. They're, they're looking for someone. Specifically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I got busted on a border in Europe once with ten, 10 grams of hash. Oh. <laughs> Did you get my trouble? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I didn't know I had it in my bag. It's a lot of hash to forget about. I was carrying a lot of hash around at the time. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those. The, I'll tell my story one day, but <laughs> I've got a very colourful story of, 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 of hash. Wow. I, I used to carry a lot around. 
And so 10 grams was mm-hmm. nothing. That was just... just stuck what, on that, the bottom of my that shoe. That just got, <laughs> got left in the bottom of a backpack. Yeah. And because it's black, yeah, you, don't, you don't see it, you know, and it doesn't smell as much yeah. as regular weed does. And so they found it, and I was like, oh, fuck. And being me, I went, oh, it's chocolate. And I took it, and I started eating it to show them it was chocolate. And they were, and they're going through the rest of my bag while I'm trying to fucking down this hash. And after a minute or two, they realise that it's very dry and I'm not getting it down. And I had swallowed some of it, and they're like, "Give to me," you know. And they're giving, and I'm like, "No, it's chocolate, it's chocolate." And they take off, they take it out of my hands, and they burn it, and they're like, "Hushies," you know. And then they're like, they were, they're very disapproving of me that I'd eaten mm. this hash, so they carted me off to hospital and they stuck a tube down my throat and they emptied my stomach. You're kidding. No. Wow. Without my consent. Uh, yeah, it was, and then they were asking me, they were quite rude, but anyway, fair enough. I was trying to get drives over the border. Yeah, but still, pumping your stomach because you had a little hash, you'd be fine. To be honest, they, they led me to believe it was for my own health, yeah. right? So there I am sitting there watching this water go into my stomach and then get pumped out of my stomach and all the hash that I... Watching all the hash float down the tube and um, and they're asking me questions while I've got tube down my throat, which I thought was pretty rude because I couldn't talk yeah, very yeah. well. And then the next morning they just let me go because they took me to the border yeah. when I got out of hospital right? and they made me pay for the night in hospital. Yeah which was like 300 bucks, yeah. right? That's what I had to do. I wasn't allowed to leave till I paid yeah. the hospital bill. And they took me into the office at the border to sign off to go to yeah. keep going. And they weren't they weren't going to worry about a criminal record. Yeah. You know, cuz I went in there and on their bulletin board at the border yeah. They had all the news clippings from all the drug raids oh. they'd done, and there were tons yeah. of cannabis and tons of mm. cocaine. Mm. And so my half a gram, because I'd only swallowed mm. half, like half yeah. a gram or so, yeah. something, or it was only a few, one yeah. or two grams, whatever I got done for. And so my tiny little two grams compared to tons <laughs> yeah. coming through in semi trailers. The guy just kind of laughed at me and signed it and off I went. <laughs> so that was my experience around getting busted at a border, which probably wouldn't happen anymore, right? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend smuggling drugs around borders, but I, I had no trouble with a little bit of weed in my backpack. Okay. Um, on the train. Okay. Um, so, allegedly. Yeah, yeah allegedly. <laughs> If this thing was... that happened to me, by the way, happened back in 89, so I'm not worried about getting Statue of Limitation. <laughs> a long time ago now. Yeah, this, my story also happened in 1989. <laughs> Any law enforcement's listening. So uh, what were some other... So Prague. Were there any other things you wanted to tell us about Prague? Um, oh, Prague was beautiful. The, the bars were, were really cool. Creative was it? Really yeah, creative? yeah, super creative. So we went to a couple of cool themed bars. There was a horror themed bar. There was wow. this huge bar in this basement that had all the figurines, that had all cocktails, like horror themed, and had all these famous movie characters and like life size statues around the whole bar. It was all painted up. It was very cool. 
we went to this uh, bar called the Anom- Anonymous Shrinks Office, which got pretty famous on TikTok. What's and an anonymous shrinks so office? So the concept of this bar, it's a hidden bar. A hidden bar, so yeah. you have to know about it. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. like our sort of back alleyway bars and yeah, no so signage. Yeah, so you walk into another bar and then you walk down a corridor and then there's a little button on a door and you press the button and then behind you another door will open up and someone will let you down into this secret bar. Really? Bar. Really? Yeah, you, you need a booking there as well because it, it packs up. Because it became shit. pretty TikTok famous. And how you order a drink is a waitress, waitress would come over or a waiter would come over with, like, the, you know, the blotch paintings, like, for, that used in Psycharch, uh, right? So you'd see an ink blot. Yeah, yeah, it's an And ink then, blot. so what do you see in this ink blot? And that would give a, an idea of where your head was at. Yeah, yeah, well, how, do, how it works is they give you 12 ink blots and you pink the ink block that ink blot that stands out to you the most yeah and then they'll take that and then they'll make you a drink <laughs> and that's the menu so you don't know what's you don't know what's coming no you don't know what's coming no, you just pick so they've the they've read they've read they've got a corresponding drink yeah. to the corresponding yeah, uh, ink blot yeah, yeah. that you don't know yeah, about there, there was there was dozens of ink blots yeah what was that like? What, look, yeah, it was really cool. What, what drink did they bring you? I um, I got, I got one that was almost like a like a chocolate milk. It was served in a bathtub as well. Like a, chocolate milk. Yeah. Served in a mini bathtub. Yeah, a mini bathtub. <laughs> so Holy I, fucking I shit! I was in it. I presume like vodka. But it was it was really nice. Um, what what about the decor? Was it, these themes? It sounds almost kind of surreal. It was. Uh, sounds always theme, very, It's kind of theme parkish. No, they always sound. The, all these bars are always pretty dark, low roofs, a lot of candlelight. Okay, right. Um, oh, that uh, sounds pretty that, cool. That, that was a wild, cool experience. There's there's heaps of bars in in Prague that were that were themed and cool and. We went to a bar there. We went to a restaurant there that um, you, you order at your table. And throughout the whole restaurant, there's this train track, this military train track that goes around this whole big restaurant. And you order at your table, and then this train drops off your drinks and food on this train track straight to your table. Well, it stops at yeah, your yeah, table? Yeah, so a miniature train comes, and it's pulling along all these... I, um, <laughs> Food and carts, drink. Food and drink carts. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll stop and you get your food and drink carts off, is this, the, off the miniature train. Is there someone there with a remote control or how do they do I it? No idea. No idea. It's a pretty big restaurant though. That's f- is that how do you is that how you put in your order as well? Yeah, through the through the um, the train. Yeah. Uh, so, no, no. Through there's a QR code on the table. So no physical person comes to your table. No. It's QR code yeah. order, and mini t- train. To- yeah. Toy train delivery. Yeah. There's staff there to, to help out if anything needs, but they show you to your table. Actually, they give you a map. You get there and uh, they give you a map. And it's it's pretty big. It doesn't need a map, but there, there are four sections because there's obviously a train line cutting through the whole restaurant. Yeah. So um, they give you a map to tell you. And there's a bridge that goes over the train line to your table. So you walk over this little bridge in there. Holy um, shit! To, uh, Holy to shit! Thing, a train out really, drinks. What? This just sounds really cool. Um, so that was really fun. That is fun. Um, My God, it just sounds like um, like the like the 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 
these themed bars when you're describing the, yeah. you know, the ink blots and candlelight. Yeah. And some of them might be in really old buildings. Yeah. Which also adds to that. Yeah, it certainly does. Ambiance to that that yeah. feeling, that mag- magical feeling, yeah. and that they're actually creating art in the concept yeah. bar itself. Do, is it experiential art? Does that? Does it? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, or am I? Am I? Am I a bit too stoned over here? Especially the cocktails there are very artsy and they they take it really seriously and. Um, my partner Kelly loves a loves a good cocktail. I'm more of a give me a beer kind of fella. Right, right. Um, but I'll um, I'll always dabble in a cocktail or two. Um, <laughs> but uh, they are they're, they're pretty artsy and they're pretty dark and they're you know sometimes they feel too old in there because they can't read the menu because it's too dark. Oh really? Um, yeah, you see me with a candle. Uh, while we're in these dumb hipster hidden bars Uh, but they are cool experiences what you want I think in this hidden bar is to um, for the decor to to take you away like there's one thing to put a bar behind a bookshelf or or there's some cool bars like that in Melbourne there's one on Chapel Street if you've never been to called Jungle Boy and you walk into this bar on Chapel. We should go someday, Peter. Yeah, I haven't been there. I haven't this, heard of it. You walk into this place on Chapel Street, I um, and it's a sandwich shop, and you can buy sandwiches or whatnot. But if you ask the counter, they'll let you in the back. And what it is is they open it one of the fridge doors, and that leads into the back room, which is a whole bar. Oh, okay. Uh, it's all tiki themed bar. Right. Okay, um, and the hence Jungle Boy. Yeah, it's called Jungle Boy. Um, there's a couple of like cool hidden bars like that in Melbourne, huh. where it's hidden behind stuff and, and you don't know. And um, but you want to once you get past that, for it to still be cool. There's there's also a bunch of hidden bars where you walk through a door, like a cool hidden door, but then it's just another. Yeah, another no. Bar. You kind of want the experience to continue. If you're going to have a theme bar, really go all out. Don't half-ass it. That's what it's like finding <laughs> the, the the secret garden. Yeah. You know, you want it to be magic. Yeah. You want it to be transported. Yeah. It's like going through a portal yeah. into another world. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, the one that we're in that you went, pressed the the thing and the door opened yeah. behind you and you went down. Was that the one with the ink blots? Yes. Yeah. Right, so once you were in there, you were immersed in it. It's almost like you went into another world. Yeah, if you, if you want Because to... the way you ordered drinks was totally, on a, like, not the way we do it at all. No, no, it, it, is, it is very uh, a very different way to, to order drinks, but it was a fun but what experience. But what I'm saying is they really did transport you to oh, another yeah, world. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they certainly they did. They transported you to a world where you don't order your drinks from... A thing yeah. that tells you what's in it, yeah, and with English language and a and yeah. a price next to it, that like giving you an ink blot and you choose the ink blot and that and then you get your drink. That like that's that the that's a whole that's not just new, improved, a little bit tweaked. That's like the whole new system. Ta- they take the old model out, stick this whole new dimension in there. Um, I'll, uh, <coughs> I'm happy to. And that, it just, um, you know, opens up for... Anonymous drinks office. Anonymous drinks office. Drinks office. 
We're so looking at a, a YouTube. You are so given a menu with like a inside. twist. Right. Anonymous drinks office. Oh, and you get to see all these. Be- oh, they're beautiful ink blots. They look like pieces of art. They're like, yeah, like a, well, that's a flower to me. They're beautiful. Beautiful pieces of art. So they're the glasses and stuff like that. Oh, and that's the milk one I got. But they're not served in a glass. Okay, let let me just describe it. It's just, it's literally a a miniature glass house. It's like, and you put a straw through the chimney. Is that right? Oh, that's the entrance, look. How do, oh my God! You—it's so get smart. You open up the brick wall. You wouldn't even know there's a door there, and there's paneling on the other side, and she's putting out the ink blots, which are really pieces of art because they're all different colours and all that sort of stuff. And you choose, you choose one, and she's got a beautiful cocktail, two drinks. Yeah, and that's uh, nice. But there was um, literally a house, a, a yeah, miniature, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got like one a one. yeah. Like, what, what do you call them? How big was it, maybe? Um, uh, it, it was about, probably the size of your coffee cup. Maybe a bit bigger, a bit right. squarer. So a, a really, a large coffee cup. Yeah. And it looks like a little glass house and they put the liquid inside yeah. and you put the straw through the chimney. Yeah. See, that, again, like, you, you don't, you, that, it's totally a whole different concept. Where do you even buy them from? <laughs> they probably got a glass blower yeah. to make them. Somebody's been taking yeah. a lot of acid <laughs> before they thought of that concept um, in that bar. Bars like that were really cool. I've, and Prague was full of them. Just right. full, full of cool concept bars like that. I wonder what it is. Maybe that there was a bar it, it, went, maybe it attracts those people. I mean, is there something in the water over there or a, what? They have a sister bar called um, The Anonymous. So that's called The Anonymous the Anonymous Shrinks Office and they have another bar just called The Anonymous and they all wear like the Guy Fawk marks and it's like this underground oh, really? underground kind of bar and uh, like a lot of their cocktails. Everybody wears that Guy Fawkes. Yeah, all the bartenders. What was that movie around. called? V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah, so if you don't know of... what we're talking about, look up V for Vendetta and he wore a mask and it's a very bit of a creepy... Yeah, yeah. Everyone's wearing it. Yeah, and the menus. So you you get the menus, and you order a couple of cocktails, and they'll come over and they'll put a torch on the table. A torch. What kind of torch? So it's a a blue light torch, and then you open the menu again and put the blue light on it, and like the menus change. It's got all this hidden writing under it, so you can order like like hidden cocktails and stuff like that. So does the menu have? If you don't look at it with the, it's it's normal. Right, so so say you got a menu and like this side has got all the things on it and like this side is obviously just a blank piece of paper. Yeah. That's how a menu works. When you get the torch and shine it on the blank side of the piece of paper, all these words come up. And what words are they? Just hidden menus, like like different cocktails and whatnot. Oh, wow. But it's all written in invisible ink. Invisible ink, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And when you get the menu, you get the torch together with it. Yeah, you've got to buy a couple of cocktails first. So you don't know it's there when you you get there. Just sit there for a little bit um, and buy a couple of of drinks and and be cool. One of them comes over and just drops a torch on your table. So are they selling any... uh, Is there anything weird in these cocktails? No. It's still just alcohol. No, just alcohol. But it, it's like if you're in the know, and or even if you're not in the know, but you're kicking around and having several yeah, cocktails, yeah, yeah. 
then you find out about it's like yeah. my god it sounds like a computer game man <laughs> like oh you got to go to this bar and you have a few drinks and then someone brings yeah. you the secret message yeah. so you're on this scavenger hunt you know and then you got the, the the right thing to be able you got to get the torch to yeah. be able to read the message once you read the message you can go to the next bit it feels like you're on a real adventure yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Um, oh, yeah, dude. I really recommend Prague for, for that. It's a, it's a pretty easy place to get some rain. There's some really cool bars. There's some really cool little museums, so like big galleries or whatnot. But little little museums and art galleries that you can pop into. And Wow. And, yeah, Prague was is really it, cool. Is it legal or do, do they have dispensaries? Uh, no, or? no, it's decriminalised. So Prague... I did a lot of research and I heard about a bar in Prague. Like, it's depenalised and the cops are pretty chill about it. I wouldn't blow it in a cop's face, don't get me wrong. Right. But they're pretty chill about it. Right, from, yeah. From what I read. And I heard about this bar online that's a pretty good place to, to buy. I um, did a bunch of research and, and looked at reviews from, from years uh, and recent reviews, and it still seemed like a good place to, to go in. And you just go in there to this bar just outside of, of the main city. But, I know. And they'll sell it, just like drinks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you should buy a couple of beers first, sit down, oh, okay. have a smoke, make yeah. sure you're not a narc. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I gave him a little tip when I bought a beer, so I just rounded up, gave him a tip. And yeah, after right. a couple of beers, I walked up, and I'm like... Is this a good like my mate told me which was a lie. Yeah. My, my mate told me this was a, a good place to buy. So, so keeping it on the keeping it on the down low. Yeah, I mean but people were openly smoking weed in there when I was in there. Yeah, right. Like in the bar. When I walked down someone was rolling on the counter and when I was having my beers, I was sitting next to somebody smoking weed. I um, so I knew it was a chill area for, for the place. Yeah. Yeah, so I just but went the, up to the bartender and then, then he sorted me out, which was it's really nice. Yeah, so it's yeah. not. It's not allegedly because this once again is not legal, but it, it was a pretty chill, chill place. Sounds like because as I said, I want to. When we save the money, I want to yeah. go to Europe with uh, Quentin Neo, and good to find some good destinations and yeah. what they have to offer. You know, and uh, Prague. I'm a sucker for fairy lights and Chris. I mean, yeah. I'm not religious at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm just into pretty beautiful things you know what I mean and creating that thing magical yeah, feeling and that's what I believe Prague and their coffee shops are meant to be really ornate and beautiful and stuff there's a beautiful clock in Prague it's you can see it on the magnets uh, up there it's called I think it's called the astrological clock okay um, you should look it up listeners uh, the astrological is, clock in Prague what is it? What is it? Is it a real clock? Yeah, yeah it's a real clock. Look how, look how pretty it is. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You need to see this, folks. It's, um. And on the hour. It's a multicolored like, clock. You know, it looks like, um, those old. Um, oh shit. My god, I don't know. It looks like one to... of those fancy watches. Yeah, circles within circles. Um, different colours, very ornate, very, uh, and there's 
like lines it looks kind of physics you know you used to spirograph yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, it was right, yeah. and making those uh complex uh diagrams yeah. with lines with a, a thing that goes round and round wow what's yeah. it called again the astral uh astronomical Ast- astronomical or astrological anyway one or astronomical. the other astronomical astronomical clock in prague yeah, it's so very, very pretty. Very pretty. Yeah, but when I was looking at in your Europe trip, I I recommend I recommend Prague. It's, mm. it's very cool. Can I ask? Did you go to Berlin? I did go to Berlin. Tell me, I, I, the way you're describing Prague is what I thought Berlin would be like. Berlin was super cool. It's a real clubby city. I don't go climbing a lot. Oh, it's um, clubby. Okay. Uh, the history was super cool. The Berlin Wall was beautiful. Like the the um, East Side Gallery, like yeah. where, where all the paintings are on the wall. Oh, there are paintings on the yeah, wall. So yeah, they've left bits of the wall yeah, up. Yeah, stretch on for like, I don't know, a couple of k's, and it's got all these like, beautiful graffiti arts. On the Berlin, what's left yeah, of the yeah. Berlin Wall? Yeah. Wow, um, and the, the history can... of the of the Berlin Wall and how recent it really was. And yeah, were you alive when that happened? No, no. I, I was born in '94. Happened in what '91, something like oh, that. I don't remember when it happened. Like I, it's vague, but yeah. oh, it took. It was like what the Berlin Walls come down. It just like it was like caused a schism in your mind yeah. because it was just like that wall really physically represented that separation yeah because you really could not get past yeah well it was, it's crazy to me to picture a time picture a time where there was a wall splitting Berlin just, right that was, it was pretty neat uh, so it was really interesting to be there and see right. and, and go to the, the museums about the wall and, and visit Checkpoint Charlie and, and the border crossing between the two walls wow. and did you see a big difference um, in the city now between the east side and the west side? Um, Maybe not, in, in, not in really, the architecture to be or anything? Um, no? A little bit, yeah. Architecture, certainly. Um, We've got to remember that it was firstly one, yeah. one city. Yeah. And all they did was stick a wall up in the middle of a yeah. pre existing city. Yeah. But then, I guess, with the maintenance, the architecture yeah, would have changed. Yeah, a little bit changed, but, yeah. but I, didn't, I didn't find it too heavy difference. Right. I can't say I was, I was overly paying attention to... to Callie was on maps, so I uh, can't say I'm like, we're in... She was East. on maps? She was, no, that, that was her job. <laughs> she got us around the place. Oh, that was so her... So we were riding scooters right. around and right. her phone... Was she was better. navigator. Yeah, she was nav- that's, a, that's a much better she word. She was navigator. Yeah, gotcha. <coughs> I, um, so, and, so, oh, so it's a clubbing. I've heard there's a comedy scene in Berlin. Um, yeah, yeah, there was, there was actually heaps of comedy signs and whatnot, but I, I didn't check out much comedy over there. No, once you left Edinburgh, you weren't in the comedy no, zone. No, I was, I was just enjoying living. It's yeah, amazing right. how little you need comedy when you're happy. <laughs> It's it's amazing. That's really funny in mm. itself, man. I would recommend it for any running comedian out there listening right now. Just just stop and be happy instead. I think only comedians would truly appreciate that, uh. <laughs> that comment. Oh fuck. 
Is there any other things you want to tell us about before we finish up? Like any other highlights or parts of the trip that stood out? Did you make it to Ireland or? Ireland was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We drove down Ireland. So after Edinburgh, we went to Ireland. Uh, we flew after Ireland. Edinburgh. Yeah, after Edinburgh, we yeah. went to Ireland and we yeah. flew into um, Dublin, Belfast, Belfast, okay, and hired a car from Belfast and drove down the east coast of Ireland up to Dublin. Yeah, right. Which is beautiful to see the the Irish countryside and the beaches there and it's as and beautiful and sort of magical as you yeah, imagine yeah, it the, would be. The, I, I would go back to the likes of Limerick and Galway before I went back to Dublin. Dublin was okay. really cool, but the the little towns around Ireland is um, how I pictured Ireland to be. Right, right. Um, Sometimes when you've, I, when I went travelling, because I travelled for four years all in all, by the end of travelling for four years, the next city just looked like the last city. You yeah. know, I mean, yes, there are changes in architecture and the yeah. church, the churches look different or the mosques or yeah. whatever it is, but at the end of the day, a city is a city. Europe is a does city. look like Europe. You know, like Europe is, they all looked pretty similar. You could tell the difference, especially in Spain, Italy, and whatnot, and, and the colours, but you're right, by, by the end, and you're I, just in. As we go more into the, you know, into the future, cities just look like cities. Yeah. You know, so getting out to the countryside is where you see the And there were, there were places like Vienna and Dublin, which were great and heaps of fun, but just yeah. looked like Melbourne. Like, like yeah, they just right. looked like a city. Yeah. I mean, some of them clearly have um, I mean, a like, landmark like the Eiffel Tower yeah. or Big Ben or whatever that, that you go and see and go, yeah, but, that's but amazing. Like but we have such a cultural hub. Like, you live there and we have it just up the road here. Like, we take Melbourne for granted, but these people from Paris and Barcelona, they, they travel over here to see Melbourne and Sydney. You know, we, we, we have beautiful things to do up in, up in Melbourne. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I'm not sure how we got there. Are you no. saying we need to appreciate where we are? No, <laughs> oh, you're... I'm not sure. I had a point, but, I, but I've gone lost. It, it I floated lost away, did it? it did. <laughs> Happens to me all yeah. the time. <laughs> I mean, we've been smoking and talking shit for two hours. Sometimes things just float away. They totally do float away. And you mentioned stuff about not having a long memory in your uh, in your material. Oh yes. And here we are doing it right now. Um, I don't know where we were at, but I do want to know. Oh yeah, Ireland. We were talking about Ireland, but was there? Any other places? Let's put it this way: If you, if the me want to go to Europe, and you said to me, in a nutshell, what would you? Where would you say go and visit here? Go and visit there? I, go and visit there? I'd go to Barcelona. Yeah. I'd go to Rome and Venice. Maybe yeah. maybe Florence if you had the time. I didn't go to Florence, but but I I would love to go. I heard it's beautiful, and Italy was great. Uh, I'd go over to Austria. I'd probably yeah. go to Salzburg. Salzburg, yeah. Um, and then I would go head up. Prague um, is Prague. Uh, Prague, yeah, Prague, yeah, Prague, Prague, Prague yeah. and then Amsterdam, and uh, um, and then Disneyland. Oh, Disneyland yeah. in France, yeah, in, in Paris. Paris, just outside of Paris. Was that good? It was awesome. It was very magical. Yeah? It was very magical. Oh, wow. Um, and then I'd, I'd end in Paris. 
Um, okay. Uh, the Moulin Rouge was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It was incredible. I saw that on Facebook and it was such a beautiful oh, photo of the two of you oh, at the Moulin thank you, Rouge. Thank you. At one stage at the Moulin Rouge, I'll show you the, the pamphlet. One stage at the Moulin Rouge, I, um, the whole, so you had like 30, 40 performers on stage at one stage dancing and doing all these crazy things. They do the can-can yeah, and yeah, yeah. dances and... That's the least of it, pretty. Oh, at really? At one stage, the, the stage opened up and up from the stage came like a six foot by six foot by ten foot tank, right, full of live anacondas. And this girl was doing this like seductive dance with live anacondas just wrapped around her in this tank full of water that just appeared from the stage. Okay, so hang on. We're talking about, I thought you meant like a military tank. We're talking a massive aquarium tank. Yeah, aquarium tank, sorry. Right, and she's in the water. Yeah, yeah. Doing a little strip teasy dance and in, in the, the water. In the water with a, a whole heap of live anacondas. A huge snakes. Snakes, yeah. How does that work? Uh wild. She was just wrapping herself up with the snakes and, and the snakes. Couldn't she the, get killed? Well, I mean they don't they don't really I mean they bite, but they normally just suffocate you. That's what but, Oh, they do. just suffocate you. That's all. so they're like pies they're pythons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're massive pythons. That's yeah, what anacondas yeah, 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 are. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And I'm they not, can I'm eat no, humans. I'm no snake expert. No, I um, think that's what it yeah. is. If I'm wrong, please let me know. But I, And she's cuddling up with the snake. Uh, it's what, the, the show that the Moulin Rouge put on was, was incredible. So it's, it's worth going to Paris for Disneyland and that. Well, did it cost like... Oh, so you don't even want to know. Don't want to know. We're talking hundreds of dollars yeah. per ticket. Yeah. But worth it. it. It came with um, a three-course dinner, which was lovely. It was like fine dining, and a bottle of champagne. And I looked at the bottle of champagne. It was $100 to buy it in the store. Um, right. So that's a pretty expensive bottle of champagne when you're out for dinner. So they they charged uh, you an arm and a leg, but they lay it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the photo I saw the two of you, honestly, <coughs> it, was like, it was like I was looking at a photo of... It was Mad Men. It was glamour. It, yeah. It was, it was glamour. It was um, nothing tacky. No. Everything was gorgeous. Yeah, it, was, Every, it was just complete. It was so pretty. Decadence. Yeah. And everything you would imagine the Moulin Rouge would. But the yeah. lighting, so seductive and so classy I and sophisticated. I'll show you the, the, the book that I am. Um, what are they fucking called? Like the program. Yes, yes. Because um, it's wild. It's it's. So it's everything you. Yeah, w- I, imagined it so to when be. I, when I heard how much it was, I was like, "This is insane." Um, but it was worth the money. It really was. I, I I would recommend it, if you're into that kind of performance. If you think it's something you like. With, with dancing and, and cabaret and whatnot. It's, so it's, it's dancing, best. cabaret, striptease. Yeah. All that. Oh, what's that? Um, what are they called? Um, no. There's some circus performers there. But it, burlesque. But all, yeah, yeah. Burlesque. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a burlesque fi- cabaret show is what it is. At its finest. Yeah, yeah. The first one of them. Really? I'm pretty sure. I think the Moulin Rouge was the first cabaret show. I could be That's wrong. That's where it sprung from. It's definitely from. the most famous. 
Wow. So check out, do that. Yeah. Okay. You'd want to book. Did you book those tickets before you left, before you started spending money? So that was all right. Because if, nah, if you came no, to the no. end of your trip, you wouldn't have enough money to left to buy tickets I would, like that. I would, I would recommend buying them um, beforehand. We didn't, but we, we were pretty lucky with our trip. That um, we, we stayed pretty hard and we had some help. And, right. And maybe if you're doing that home swap thing, you might yeah, save enough save money to be able money. to... It's, it's, I think it's important... Well, not important. Like when I was younger, I didn't spend any money. I just yeah. did really cheap, which was great, which was fine, because yeah. it was a great experience. But, you know, I'd like to now, because if I go with the fam, it would be good to have, like, one or two things that yeah. are just a, a really... might be really expensive, but it's a really extraordinary experience, yeah. you know? Um, for sure. Um, yeah, Moulin Rouge was definitely one of them. For me. One of them. Nice. Anywhere else you would recommend to go to? And I wanted to, before we finish, ask you what Venice was like, because I kind of got this fascination with going to Venice. Venice was... Uh, Venice is beautiful. I, I, I highly recommend it. As soon as you got off the, the train, it was like you always imagined gondolas... And, uh, is that really how housing. everyone gets yeah. around? Uh, I mean, you, everyone walks. Okay. Everyone walks. Um, there were a couple of times we you needed to get somewhere and you'd see a canal and there'd be a dude doing lifts for like one euro across the other side of the canal in, in his, okay, in his yeah. gondola. Yeah, right. Um, so you'd Take you'd a bit of a shortcut sort of um, thing. But i tell you what the cool, my, my favourite part of that Venice is. You'd take a bike just outside of Venice to I um uh, Burano, I think is the thing. So there's two islands. There's Murano, which is where the glass is from. Like Murano glass is from this little island outside of Venice. Okay. Um, and they're famous for blowing glasses. And then I um there's another little island called Burano. Burano. Um and it's, it's all the houses are painted Oh, they're all painted different, different colours. Colours. And bright colours. Yeah, oh, they're all bright and... Oh, that looks amazing. Yeah, and that's just how it is everywhere. The whole island's oh. just... Oops. Is that part of... That's not Venice, though, is it? It's just outside of Venice. So it's a, a, you get on a... a so Venice is from, on the mainland? Is Venice it? is kind of a floating city, but, like, yeah, yeah. And you, there's you, a... It's on the coast, though. Yeah, yeah, it's on the coast. So, so that's, the water's coming in boat, from the you, Mediterranean yeah, Sea. Yeah, you get a boat to there, but you get a boat from Venice, and it's like a 20-minute boat ride. Okay, so it's... Like, it's like a ferry that takes you to the uh, two islands. Oh, right, okay. Um, I get you. And then it's just like Venice there, but it's all got the different coloured houses. Yeah, yeah. And they also have canals that go yep. through. Yeah, yeah, but a, they're small little islands. They've got a few canals and beautiful coloured houses, and then... So you generally go to Venice and the both little islands because you, you go to Burano and then on the way back you can do Murano, which is where all the glass is and you see people blowing glass. And, oh, wow. And so different like coloured glass. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's, and different, like, whatever they make. They yeah. do art and they yeah, yeah, do vases incredible. and no, all kinds of shit. You'd love Venice. It's 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 beautiful. Oh, I've, I've got to, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it just looks so... Pretty. Food was All delicious. Night. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, mm. uh, pasta and pizza and <laughs> a lot of seafood. 
I'm vegan, but that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can still have vegan pizza and pasta. Yeah, we can. Do they? Do they? You wouldn't know because you're not vegan, so you didn't ask for it. Fair enough. Would you recommend going to Amsterdam? Yeah. Because that's got the canals. Like, my parents are Dutch. Yeah. So I want to take Neo to Holland and my mum. They're not from Amsterdam, but I want to take my son to where mum grew up yeah. and stuff like that. But also. I've been to Amsterdam before, and it was also really pretty with all the canals and the tall, yeah. tall sort of thin the, houses. Yeah, yeah, and the bikes around the place. I thought Amsterdam was really pretty. I, yeah. I really enjoyed the city. I, I'd, I'd go back. Uh, and were the hundred. coffee shops welcoming and good vibes? Yeah, and I would. Stuff. I'd buy your stuff from the coffee shop. Here's one of the coffee shops. Bulldog. Probably, oh, the Bulldog is yeah, super yeah, that's, famous. That's the famous Super famous, shop, yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd buy your stuff from the Bulldog at one of the coffee stores and then just go to one of the bars that allow you to smoke okay. instead of smoking at the coffee shops. The coffee shops are really crowded. They're really loud. People coming in and out. But there's a lot of bars that don't sell weed. Um, but they let you smoke weed. That's interesting. So you just go to bars like that. Do they let you smoke inside in Europe? Yeah. Really? Yeah, in Amsterdam. You can only smoke, no tobacco inside. You can oh, only smoke straight, weed. straight weed. You can only smoke straight weed. Or on the tables, they'll have an um, alternative. Like they'll have a little bowl of herbs or whatnot you can, if you wanted. But you can't smoke tobacco inside in Amsterdam. But you can smoke weed inside in certain establishments. Wow, but you, of course you need to buy a drink from there to be able to hang out. Oh, it's always polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know at comedy gigs I don't always buy a drink, no. but if I'm a, just a person going into a bar, I figure I've got to buy a drink, otherwise they want me to leave, no, right? No, I mean, everyone's pretty, pretty, pretty chill. chill. Like, wow. I can't say there's many places I didn't buy a drink. Oh, if you're going to go and sit in there and smoke some weed, you're going to need something to yeah, make it, it wet your whistle. They don't care if you just get a lemonade. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They don't care. Oh, nice. That sounds really very cool. Um, very cool. But yeah, I, I, yeah, go to Amsterdam. It's heaps of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I have, um, de- I def- definitely. Sounds great. Yes, yes, yes. Anywhere else, or shall we? I've, I've realised I'm really hungry, and so I'm going to have to finish up soon. Yeah, I, I can actually buy some food. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who would have thought a two hours of smoking would give us the munchies? <laughs> anyway, anything else you wanted to say about your trip to finish up? It was it was beautiful, and it's good to be back and doing comedy and running comedy again. And it, it was lovely chatting to you and having you down. Yeah. Last night at, at the room. It's great to have you back, man. Thanks great so to have much. you back, and um, thanks for having me last night and having me stay at your house. I hope you had a, a comfortable sleep on the mattress. I did. Your listeners, Blaze has got two double beds in his lounge room mm-hmm. here. In he has a lot of people stay over at it his place. Sounds like I live in a in a in a cracked <laughs> end. It's a very pretty house. It is. No. I'm going all right, Melbourne. <laughs> And um, I slept on one of those beds and it was super duper comfy. Super duper comfy. So thank you for having me both at the comedy and at your house. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And on my podcast. Thank you. Catch you next time. Bye.